Welcome back to the podcast. I am your host, Daniel. I'm here with my gorgeous wife, Liz. Thank you for joining us today. Yes. We have uh, another uh, powerful testimony episode for you today. Um, today we are joined by Naomi Cardenas. Cardenas? 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 Cardenas. <laughs> yeah. You want to redo that? <laughs> so, uh, so she is the wife of Jonathan, who was our guest last week. Um <clears throat> She is probably the reason why, one of the reasons, the main reasons why Jonathan is where he is today. Yes. I think she's, uh, from what we've seen so far, she seems to be a very strong woman of faith. And uh, she seems, you know, that we've got to know them these last six months since they've been in the church. Um, they're, they're a good couple. So we're excited to have you on the show. Um, we've heard a little bit of your testimony. We know you got, you know, a good one, so... We're excited to get into it. Um, so let's go ahead and just uh, let's start from the beginning, like we always do. So just talk about your upbringing, your family life, um, mother, father, and were they their state? You know what I mean? Were they married? Were they not married? Just all that stuff. Just get into it. Oh, okay. So um, my upbringing, really, I can go back as far as when I was like maybe four years old. My biological father was the last time I saw him. Um, little did I know that was the last time I was going to see him for about 25 years, maybe. Oh, wow. He ended up going to prison for murder. Um, so I grew up without him. And then, you know, my mother met my stepfather. So was he in your life up to four? About four or five. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's Were it. they married? No. Um, okay. My mother was a mistress. Now that I know. So we were those children that oh, were on okay. the side. Mm hmm. When did you find that out? Um, did you know that growing up? Or? No, as I got older, my maybe my teenage years, when I started living my life, that's when she told me about it. So Your mom? Mm-hmm. Okay. How did yeah. that make you feel? Um, I really didn't care because I didn't know him, mm-hmm. you know, but just the life that she would tell me that she had with him, it was pretty bad. So I guess it was good that he went to prison because she probably could have ended up dead. Mm. So was yeah. he, uh, uh, since he went away for prison, uh, I mean for murder, was uh, was he like a gangster? Was he? No, he was just an angry person. Okay. Just an angry, bitter person, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, <clears throat> okay. So then you said your mom remarried. Is that what you said? Yeah, she did. She actually got married to um, my stepfather, and he was the one that I grew up with most of the time for my, you know, so my teenage years when I moved mm-hmm. out. He raised you. Pretty much. Yeah. Was it a good relationship? Like, is he, was he a good father? My stepfather? Um, I guess as a kid, you would think that that was a good relationship. But as I got older, I started to see things that weren't right. Um, so me being a kid, like, you don't know any better. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But um, no, it was not a good relationship. Because now that I'm looking back and I even look on pictures, like, oh, he was on drugs. Mm-hmm. You know? And I was exposed to that as a kid, like. You know, him and my mom doing whatever they were doing. So, no, it was not a good relationship. So your mom was on drugs? Um, my mom would drink a lot. She was more of like an alcoholic. And then my stepfather was the one who would do drugs. Mm. Um, he would do like a lot of coke or cocaine. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so, and when he was like that, that's when the relationship with him changed with me. Even when I was little, because he would start, you know... I guess, touching me and stuff. So, so were you molested by him? Um, yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, wow. I could say that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you didn't realize, you, like you said, you were little, you were like, you didn't realize I, it at the time that no. it was a bad thing? No. Mm-mm. It wasn't until I got older that I realized, oh, okay, you know, what was happening to me was not normal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I don't even know if my mother knew about it, but if she did, she was in denial about it because when I got older, I would bring it up to her, like, mm-hmm. this and this happened. And she wouldn't really say much. But until stuff started to unravel as I got older and then I had a little sister, she then began to realize, like, Stuff was happening. Mm-hmm. So she was being molested as well? My little sister? Yeah. yeah. Oh. By her old dad. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. so it's you. Are you the oldest? No, I'm the second oldest. Okay. So there's five of us total. There's my older sister, then there's me, my little brothers, and then my little sister. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we all have. And you see, I have a separate dad. My little sister and my little brother have a, another dad. And then my older sister has a so there's three fathers. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then it sounds like your sounds like your mom has a troubled past as well. Then my mother, yeah. So is that uh, <clears throat> so? Is it something that was with her, or is it your whole family's kind of crazy on that side? No, it's crazy. Your whole family's crazy. Mm-hmm. So were you around that growing up? Mm-hmm. You saw a lot of that. Oh yeah. So what was it like? Violence, drugs. Yeah, violence and drugs and a lot of violence. Um, We grew up very violent. Um, I guess part of it because of the way my real father was, you know, and that's like a generational curse. Mm -hmm. Um, And then a lot of the drinking, a lot of the drugs, uh, you know. Mm -hmm. So I would grow up seeing my stepmother fighting my stepfather. I mean, physically fighting Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or to the part where like they'd get bricks and start breaking stuff and start tearing the house apart and. Because they're mad. Yeah, or, or just hurting each other and ending up in jail just because they're hurting each other because they're messed up, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so I grew up with a violent family. Were you violent? Yeah. You got into a lot of fights or you just bully people or what? When you were younger? No, I would get into a lot of fights and I would bully people. Yeah. yeah. You just had a lot of aggression. And it was just a way of life. Yeah, to this day, I think I'm still aggressive in some ways. God's dealt with me with that aggression a lot. Um, Jonathan says I'm rude and stuff. Is that why Jonathan keeps showing up at bruises? Just kidding. <laughs> Jonathan, don't say that. <laughs> He's kidding. lying, folks. He's <laughs> lying. Just like, <laughs> he says I beat him up. <laughs> no, but. Can't take it, big baby. <laughs> he is, yeah. Okay, no. so so you grew up with a lot of, uh, a lot of anger issues then? Did you get in mm-hmm. trouble in school a lot? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I was always in trouble. Um, I was always in trouble for fighting or, you know, with a bunch of girls. It was always a group of girls trying to gang up on me. And then to the point where eventually I would get jumped, mm-hmm. like, by a bunch of group of girls. So I couldn't relate to girls. I could more, I could relate more to, like, boys because mm-hmm. they were aggressive. So I would hang around with boys. I was more like a tomboy, oh, okay. you know, in that sense. Yeah. 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 So I wasn't a girly girl. Okay. So what, uh, what kind of effect did the uh, sexual abuse have on you growing up? Did you, like looking back now with, a, um, with the clarity of mind, you know, uh, do you ever look back and go that that was a trigger for certain actions or certain things happening in your life? Oh, definitely. It really did have a big effect on my life. Um, I mean, I was, 
I was a kid when I started having sex. Like I didn't, I didn't know. How old were you when you lost your virginity? I was maybe 12, 13. <gasps> you were little. Yeah, that's the kind of effect they had on me. I didn't, I didn't know what I was feeling. I didn't know what it was. I think that even up to that age, I was still being molested. Mm. Um, so I didn't know, you know what I mean? Until I started like acting out on it. And, um, and it's pretty sad. Yeah. It's pretty sad. But yeah, yeah and, and, and that just escalated to a lot of other things. Mm-hmm. So I ended up getting pregnant then after, you know, a little bit after How old I started you? my period. Like, yeah. I, uh, when I got pregnant? Yeah. I was 15. Okay, this is with Sal. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so let's kind of jump back a little bit. So during all this time um, with the abuse and whatnot, and you said your mom kind of was oblivious for you. Um, how was your relationship with your mom? We were not close. No. I was not close to anybody in my family till this day. I'm not close. The only one who would say he is close to me is my stepfather. And then we already know why he thinks that he and I are close. Mm-hmm. And um, I look at him and I'm just so like. So they're still married? My mother passed away. Oh, okay. Yeah. So when she passed away, um, a lot of stuff unraveled there too. Mm-hmm. You know, because she relied on me because of my little sister. But um, yeah, no, um, so he and I are not close. So to the, even to this day, he's kind of delusional yeah. to the whole situation? Like he yeah. thinks that you're close? and Yeah, no, he thinks, he. you know, he's in denial. Like I never did that. I never did that. And I'm like, it's all right. You know what I mean? Like, I leave it in God's hands, and I just pray about it. Mm-hmm. It took a lot of, for me to forgive mm-hmm. on that end. So you still see him then? Yep. By choice? Yep. Yeah, I had to forgive him. Yeah. I had to forgive him and show him God's mercy. That's got to be hard. Oh, it's very hard. God's dealt with me a lot just to forgive people. So that was one of the main people I had to forgive in my life. Yeah, of course. That's a that's a, a big thing to overcome. Yeah. Um, okay, so you're you're in school, getting in trouble, you're violent and stuff. Did you uh, did you mess with drugs at a young age too? Um, just a lot of marijuana. Okay. Like. So your so your main thing was the promiscuity and the violence. Mm-hmm. That was your thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. Um, it wasn't until like after I had my son, then it you know everything just started to unravel. After I had my son. As far as what? Um, so after I turned 16, when I had him, I couldn't even finish school. Like, I tried to get into a program. I wanted to finish school so much because I was already, like, literally, it was my last year. I was already going to be a senior. Mm-hmm. But there was nothing they could do because they had no child care. And, like, if I wanted to finish school, I had to drive my child, which I had no car yet. Um, I had to drive my child to the daycare and then come back and go to school and try to catch a bus to go to school or whatever. So, so they don't have programs here in Texas where schools for young moms. They did, but unfortunately in my case, uh, it was it was full, so they couldn't like they couldn't help me. Oh wow. Yeah. So I had to, you know, I tried everything and then I just had to drop out at 16. Yeah. Oh mm-hmm. my goodness. Okay, so when you dropped out, did you start working or did you mm-hmm. just stay at home with him? No, um, why, part of why I had to drop out was because my mom was watching him and I had to go to work. Mm. Um, my son's dad wasn't around. He's a teenager to himself, you know, so yeah. I had to go to work. And then she was like, well, I'm not going to watch your baby all day. So she was like, you need to figure something out. So I said, okay, well, then I'll just drop out and I'll just go to work, you know. Wow. 
So I had to make those decisions early on. Yeah, at a young age. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How long did that go on for? I mean, that was, that was, I mean, my son's 16. I pretty much raised him on my own. Mm-hmm. So, so starting from 16, you became a mom and boom, you're like supporting yourself. You're having to mm-hmm. be an adult now. No more. Mm-mm. Were you, uh, so did you, uh, were you res- responsible, I guess, or were you still out there? Were you partying? Were you kind of living the, the life? Or are you doing everything you could for your, your boy now? Like, is that your focus? Um, so my focus was him. Like, I, I grew up taking care of my siblings, so I, I already knew what it was like kind of to be a mom. So okay. for me, it was no big deal. This is another kid, you know, and then just happened to be my son, and he's going to go with me everywhere I go. But really, um, I didn't know anything else other than taking care of a child. Like, I raised my little sister. So, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't know anything else but working and just trying to take care of my son. It was until... I guess when I dropped out, I just, I don't know, I started thinking, oh, well, I can do this by myself. I don't need my mom. I don't need my dad. So, yeah, I just went from there. Like, I could take care of myself. I don't need y'all. Like, y'all don't help me. Oh, wow. So it was like, okay, so you were okay with like, I got this. I mean, you, you probably had your ups and downs, but you were like, I don't, like how you just said, like, I don't need you guys. Yeah. I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> were you still together with Sal's dad, or, or no? Um, so he and I—I I mean, we were young. Like he—he he was not responsible at all. You know, he was still going to school. Mm-hmm. Um, he really didn't have much to do with Sal. So really, it was just me being okay. responsible. And so you guys didn't really have a relationship after. We um, so we tried, you know. I tried. I was like, yeah, I want this to work. We have a kid. There was one point where our parents were trying to get us to get married. Like, they were going to sign documents and everything. And I was like, I don't want to get married. Like, I'm only 16 years old. Mm-hmm. They're like, well, we're going to send you to Mexico. And I'm like, I don't want to go to Mexico. And they were like, well, either you get married or you're going to go to Mexico. And so... What was the reasoning to send you to Mexico? Just as a punishment because you had a baby, you know, and um, you're a teenager, so they were, like, embarrassed by it? I guess so, yeah. yeah. And you have family in Mexico? Mm-hmm. Okay, so they're just like, oh, we'll send you off to yeah. be with family. to a whole other country just because I had a kid. Yeah. And I was like, well, I don't want to get me. It was either get married or have a, you know. Go to Mexico. Get yourself moved out to Mexico, yeah. So, I don't know. They worked something out. His mom and my son's mom. I mean, my son's father's, father's mom. mom. Yeah. And my mom worked something out. They became good friends. Um, and then they were like, no, well, I guess, you know, well, y'all need to figure it out then. So in a way, they were kind of like pushing us out. And I said, well, I mean, yeah, I'll just, we'll figure it out then. So eventually, um, he and I were, I guess it was kind of like forced. Well, let's see what we can do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess we tried. That was kind of like one of the last times that we had tried and we had moved to a whole other state just he and i with my son okay and this is oklahoma yeah so did he drop out too yeah at that point he did oh wow so you guys both dropped out Mm -hmm. and then tried making it work in another state in another state why why oklahoma just because he had family there and we're like okay well maybe we can start something new you Mm -hmm. know we're young but the mentality i had already it was like well, we got to do this, we got to do that, like already thinking ahead, like 
Like, what do you mean, got to do this, got to do that? Yeah, like, we have to get a house. We have to make sure we have everything we need. Where are we going to work? You know, that kind of stuff. Already Mm -hmm. thinking, like, an adult at the age of 16, trying to figure out how you're going to support your child and move to another state. and How are you going to make it another state without family? Mm -hmm. So how did that go, Oklahoma? Um, so that, that, that's where everything, um, started was in Oklahoma. Like I started to unravel there because. Did you move in with some of his family or did you guys find a place on your own or? Um, so when we first moved there, we were with his family and then he was able to, you know, save enough and then we got our own house. So it was just he and I and my son. Mm -hmm. Well, when we were in that house, um, I was already like turning, I think 18 and, um, we just, I just started partying. Like, there was nobody to tell us anything. It was my house. Mm-hmm. So if I wanted to have a party and drink or get high, I could do it. You know what I mean? And I can bring as many people as I want. Nobody could tell me nothing. Because like, it's my house. It's my house, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that's what I would do. And for him, it was like, I guess he started to mature. And he was like, okay, well, let's get married. And I'm like, I don't want to get married. Like, I'm only 18 years old. I don't want to get married. Mm-hmm. So um, that's when he flipped on me, and he just started, like, choking me and stuff. And oh, so he got abusive with you? Yeah, because I refused to marry him. Because <laughs> I refused to marry him. So it caused a fight, and he got abusive. Yeah. No, it did. So, okay, so when he, when he first got physical with you, since you grew up kind of angry, fighting and stuff, did you fight back, or what was your reaction when he first hit you? No, I didn't fight back. I just remember... And being on top of me, and I'm trying to get him off. And uh, then I remember running out of the house. Just, I didn't know what to do. By did yourself, or did you grab Sal? By myself. Mm-hmm. Did yeah. it only happen once, or was he? Uh, no, he, or the relationship. I mean, of course, we were young, but I was drinking already, and I was smoking. So I was already living a worldly life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, so I don't know if that was just also, like, another way out for me. Also, because I didn't want to get married either. Mm-hmm. Um, but at that point, it was more panic. Like, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know where to go. I'm in a whole other state. I have no family here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, I really, I wasn't really, I mean, he, he and I would argue and we would fight, but never to the point where he was like that. Mm-hmm. Like, I think after that point when I rejected to marry him, he uh, he was, he just stayed that way, like real bitter. Mm. Yeah, and I couldn't stay there. Do you think he blamed you? Like, oh, she's pregnant now. We're in Oklahoma. I had to drop out. Did he like he ever blame you or anything? No, no. It was no. just he was just mad. Yeah, I was just one of the girls that he was with that got pregnant. Mm. That that's pretty much what happened. Oh, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. So did the relationship continue after that point? No. No. So that was it. That yeah. So with that night that I left, um, I had made a couple of friends there. You know, during my time in Oklahoma, and um, I ended up going to one of their houses. And um, I just, I never went back, you know, and I left Sal behind. I was oh, scared, wow. in a way. Yeah? Mm-hmm. How long were you away for? Um, so I was away for maybe a few months. And wow. And he, he couldn't handle Sal by himself, so they just came back to Texas, and he left me up there. I stayed up there. Away from Sal. How was that? How was mm-hmm. knowing your child is with the dad and you're not around? Um, that was really hard. That was really hard because um, 
I couldn't come back down to Texas. We were in a small city. There were no buses. So when I had asked friends, like, hey, can you take me to the bus station because it's so far away, they would be like, no, we can't. Like, my car won't make it. Or It was just a lot of excuses. So I was kind of like, I was kind of stuck up there. Like, I could not come back down. They, Like, I didn't know what else to do. So I just worked and see, maybe I'll get my own car, you know, and then, mm-hmm. but no, I never did get my own car. So how long did you stay there um, yourself? Maybe like another three to six months or so. Trying to figure out how to come back home. How old was Sal at this time? Maybe like a year and a, a half or so. Oh, okay. So he was still little. He was still little. Mm-hmm. Does he remember any of this? No. No. He doesn't think it's real. <laughs> oh. Really? He doesn't believe you. When you tell him? He doesn't believe any like of my testimonies. He just, you know, because he, there's up to a certain point where he remembers, but all of this other stuff, he, he doesn't see it. Mm. And I'm like, it's okay, son. I'm like, you know, but. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so during this time, you didn't uh, uh, you didn't try calling your mom or your sisters or family, anybody, for help to get out of there? My mom wasn't going to come and get me. Everybody was like, now nah, you're on your own? Yeah. 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 I mean, like, you moved over there. Nobody took you over there. Figure out how you didn't come back down. Your son's... So, that, so when I would call her, she was like, well, your son's with me. And I'm like, how is he with you? Like, well, they didn't want him anymore, so they, they brought him, him over here. Yeah. They dumped him over there. They're like, well, you need to come and get your son. And I'm like, I'm trying. How do I get down? Like, Please come get me. No, they would just, you need to figure it out. Wow. Mm-hmm. So how did you make it out of there? So um, I remember it was winter in Oklahoma, and it gets pretty cold. And uh, I had saved some money, kind of like a small down payment to, to get a house. I said, well, maybe I'll make it down here, and I can get my son come back up, and we'll live up here in this house, whatever. But I was in the room, and I remember um, in this house, and this was supposed to be my house. And um, I'm, I just have pictures and, like, this inflatable bed. And I have Sal's pictures all over. And I'm just like, how am I going to get home? Like, I don't even have a car. Like, I need to get home. And so I just remember packing my stuff in a little, whatever I could pack, I packed it in a, like, one of those little plastic bins at Walmart. Mm-hmm. Whatever I could fit in there. And I just dragged it. <laughs> I dragged it all the way to uh, my son's dad's aunt's house because she lived around the corner. And um, I paid her whatever I had. And I said, can you take me to the bus station? Like, can you drive me to another city? And I guess she just saw that what I had. And she's like, yeah, I'll take you. So I was never bold enough before to ask her uh-huh. because of the way the relationship with my son's dad and I went. But at that point, um, I didn't know what else to do. Yeah, you were desperate. So I just walked with a little bit of stuff that I had and went to the, you know, her house in the winter, and it was, like, super cold. But I walked a whole way, and she, she agreed, and I gave her most of my, my check just to drive me. That wasn't even your bus ticket? No. <laughs> did you have enough money for a bus ticket? Yeah, I did. Oh, okay. Yeah. Was that, uh, I'm assuming that that was probably a pretty uh, low point and hard, hard point in your life, those six, three to six months or whatever it was? Yeah, because I didn't have my son. So during that time, I just drank and smoked more. Mm. And I would go to a bunch of parties, you know, and none of these people could help me. Yeah, just trying to mask. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, Yeah, I I mean, there would even be points where I would go without eating because I was bouncing around so much that I just, I wouldn't eat. I would smoke more than I would eat. Yeah. Oh, wow. So would you say you were depressed? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah, I was Drowning definitely depressed. Drowning your sorrows and oh, drugs and alcohol. Yeah, for sure. Like, I remember um, being on a swing and just thinking, like, why does God allow these kind of things? You know? <laughs> I mean, but I was a teenager, so I put it on myself. Or um, I would look out the window of the place I was staying in, I would see the wind, it would, like, blow the grass. You know, when it's long, you can see the waves. Yeah, yeah. And I was like... I said, Lord, that looks so pretty. Like, even then, I was talking to God, and I didn't even know who he was. I was going to ask, did you ever go to church or know about God? Not really. Mm-hmm. You know, I just knew that something was wrong. Um, and I, I was like, something is really wrong here. Like, I don't know why my life is so crazy. Mm-hmm. But um, I just remember, like, trying to talk to this God, and I'm like, like, how come I can't be with my kid? But, um, yeah, no, I ended up getting home after a while. Did you ever feel suicidal? In those moments, or no? No. No. That was never... Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Okay, so then you made it back to Texas, so then what happens then when you come back? Because your family is obviously probably not very welcoming, Mm-mm. right? So you come back, you get your son right away? Yeah. And then what, you try to get uh, your own place, or you have to live with somebody, or...? Um. So when I come back, um, I'm already, like, I'm already 18 years old, I think. No, I am. I'm 18 years old, and um, they pick me up from the bus station, and they're like, okay, well, what are you going to do? So, of course, I just try to go get my diploma because I never finished school, mm-hmm. you know? So I did this real quick homeschooling thing, got my diploma, got that out of the way, and then I um, I ended up going to school for, like, a medical assistant. And so I was on the bus a lot, and my mom was willing to help me, so I stayed with them for a little bit. Um but during the process, like, w- when I came back home, the hardest part for me was my son not knowing who I was. Like, mm-hmm. it didn't take him a lot of time yes. to forget me. Yeah. So when I approached him, he didn't know that I was his mother. Oh. Yeah. I bet that, was, I bet that crushed you. Oh, yeah. No, th- that, um, that made it worse. Yeah. Like, what I was already experiencing with the partying and the stuff, it just... I spiraled more. Mm-hmm. I spiraled more. My son didn't know who I was. I mean, I would take him with me everywhere and try to get him used to me, but he was still kind of distant. Mm-hmm. So he would, you know, he really wouldn't want to latch to me. He was more closer to my family at that point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Horrible. So you, okay, so did you get harder into drugs and alcohol? Yeah, I did. So, I mean, my family was still partying. Mm-hmm. They were still doing drugs. My mom was still drinking. Um so you, you were know, still around it? I was still around it. You know, it wasn't anything new. Mm-hmm. Um, but at this point, I'm doing it too. You know, so really it's like, okay, well, welcome to the club kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. And how long until uh, Cell started to get close to you again? Um, it took him a few months to actually, like, want to be around me without mm-hmm. an issue mm-hmm. um, or just come with me or just be like mom, mama you know, kind of thing, because mm-hmm. um, he, he would just look at me and be like, you know, serious eyes, like, who are you, mm-hmm. kind of thing, because he was still little. But um, And so what about his father at this point? Is, did he completely dump the ki- uh, dump cell off with your parent, with your mom, or yeah. was he still in his life a little bit? No, he, he was wasn't. Yeah, because I don't know, I, whatever he went through, he just kind of fell off. Mm-hmm. So really, it was just me and Sal again. But at this point, I'm older, and Sal's older. So now I'm stuck where I was when I left. Mm-hmm. So did you hit a, a low point 
where you turned it around or how long did this continue with you uh, drinking and partying? Um, I did hit a low point, actually. I ended up drinking a lot more. Um, I don't even know how I got into the crowds that I got into. Like, I don't know how I met some of these people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I ended up, you know, getting into a relationship that was just so, I, I don't it wasn't a relationship that was uh, beneficial or <laughs> nothing that could have helped my son and I. Like, mm-hmm. it just made things worse because he was a drug dealer. So, going. Where'd you, where'd you meet this guy? Was he just part of your your crew that you're hanging around with, or what? Um, actually, I think so. Now that I think about it, I think I was at a club one night, and um, I think I seen him there, and they invited me to the VIP section. And I was like, all right, well, let's just go to the VIP section. And then that's where it started with him. Mm. Yeah. So that was one of the most toxic relationships that has shaped a lot of, you know, I could say kind of who I am today and the kind of relationship that I didn't want Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. ever again, which is why I told Jonathan, like, I won't put up with any kind of craziness. Like, whatever you're doing in prison, I don't want it. Yeah. So the low point was... uh, you feeling uh, kind of low in your life, no, probably no self-worth. You kind of just were there. You fell into this relationship with this guy, and it was a toxic relationship that you stuck around with for a while. Is this, uh, is this the, the girl's father? No. Is this somebody else? No, this is somebody else. Okay. Before. So how long did this relationship go on for? Mm, maybe like a year. A year. Yeah. I, uh, maybe a year. And so uh, what was the toxicity was it was he abusive was he a cheater was it like what was the, the so relationship like no he he was a drug dealer so really it comes it wasn't even abuse you know what i mean it was more of the life that we were living mm-hmm. um always running like hiding always trying to be careful switching cars trying not to get caught because mm-hmm. were it, you selling too or were you helping him yeah i was with him uh-huh. And I would have sat in the back seat. Oh, my goodness. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, there would be times where I would be at his house, and the cops would come in looking for whoever they're looking for. We're getting raided. Um, you know, and that happened a couple of times, and there he is taking off, you know, running through the back window from the second floor, like, trying to get away. Mm-hmm. And I have my son over here, and I have the drugs over there, you know, but not enough for them to arrest anybody. Yeah. Um, but he takes off with it, and it's just like, you know, you. yeah, and then, two. there was a point where, like, he wasn't accepting of Sal either. Mm. And, um, you know, and I was, in, I was not in a good mental state either. So the way he would treat Sal, like, mm. he'll throw Sal in a closet and just leave him in there. Sometimes just close the door, leave him in the dark. And Sal would be yelling, like, let him out, let him out. And he's like, no, he needs to learn his lesson. And we'd like, let him out. And uh, so that. That was one of the things that my poor baby had to endure. Does he remember that or no? He doesn't remember that. He doesn't believe me. <laughs> Which is yeah. okay. I mean, probably good he doesn't remember then. Um, yeah, I mean, that's uh, mental abuse. It's so, uh, so in this relationship then, did you recognize how toxic it was for you in the, in the moment? Um, no. No, so you were just no. going through it just... Like, why did you stick around in that? 
Because I didn't know anything else. Yeah. Like, my family was abusive. Mm-hmm. My stepfather was sexually abusive, I guess. You know, my, my siblings and I, we would never get along. So I didn't, I didn't know anything different. So I was like, this is a normal life. This is a hand I was dealt, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I was like, okay, well, you know, I, d- I don't know what love is, in other words. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know what a right way of living is. And I'm already 18 years old, so you don't, like, how do you get out of that? How do you experience something different when this yeah. is all you've grown up with? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you never had that one positive influence in your life that you could look to or look up to? No. It was just all negative? Oh, yeah. No, <coughs> it really was. It really was, and... um. So then just going from there, right, like this this guy, he was selling drugs and he was selling like heroin, he was selling crack. Uh, he was just selling a bunch of kinds of drugs and um, me being the girlfriend, it's like, okay, well, I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go do that. I'm going to drop you off with my family. And um, he would just hand me a bunch of weed and be like, here, this will last you till I get back. So he would just. And I he wanted you to sell it or he wanted you to no, smoke it? No, just for me. Oh. Like I was a pothead. Yeah. So, really, I would just smoke and wait for him to come back, and I would be with his family, and we'll just, you know, that was kind of like the life of So, you weren't working? I didn't have to work anymore. Because he was taking care of you? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that was kind of like the thing then was like, okay, well, if you're the drug dealer's girlfriend, you don't have to work, but you do have to go wait for him Mm. until he comes back, and you're here, this is for you, and you guys handle it, and I'll see y'all later. What do you mean when he gets back? When he goes out selling, or, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, sometimes okay. he could be gone for a couple of days. Just depends. Mm. So I would smoke so much that I couldn't even, like, I wouldn't get high anymore. <laughs> I wasn't getting high. Yeah. Like, it had no effect on me. You're so so I'm immune to it? Mm-hmm. So, uh, so how did the relationship end? Um, so... I kind of started like, okay, I remember this one time I was there waiting for him. And um, I remember walking outside, like, I'm just, like, there has to be more to life than this because I'm just here in this house doing nothing, just smoking, waiting. Like, so I walk out the door and I'm just looking outside and I see this church and I feel like I'm on the opposite, like, I'm obviously on the opposite side, but I'm looking at this church and I'm like, what is so good about that side? Like, what is so good about people being in church? You know, um, what is so good about God? Mm-hmm. And um, like in the future, I didn't even know, but that was a church I would get saved in. Oh, are you serious? Serious. Without even knowing it. Yeah. And um, so I was like, oh, that was all God. So sometimes I still pass the church and I'll pass that house because they're like across the street. And yeah. And I'm like, wow. I just look at both sides and I'm like, that's all God. Is this the one that Jonathan was mentioning that mm-hmm. his mom? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, okay, so when you were saying this, looking at the church, saying that, uh, how far was that until you got saved? Um, not too far off. Okay. Not too far off because, so I was already starting to, like, wonder, like, what is it like on that side? Mm-hmm. What is it like to You're be questioning on? questioning. Yeah. And um, then I ended up meeting a friend, and she was a, she was a prostitute, and it sounded like, like, this guy that I was with, like, those drugs that were in circle, um, they were coming back to this girl that I was friends with. That I, and she was a prostitute. She started prostituting herself for heroin. And um, I, I, couldn't, I, 
couldn't see that life anymore. I was just like, I felt so bad. Like, you know, I'm with someone who's applying this to her. And then in, to know that later on it was also my cousin. And so we ended up in a circle where um, I just left him. I tried to leave him. And then uh, I ended up being friends with her. And I would just see the life that she was living because of drugs. Mm-hmm. And these were heavy drugs. You know what I mean? Like, she was a beautiful girl. But um, you could see the tracks on her arms. And um, she ended up getting in contact with my cousin because they're heroin addicts. Somehow they always end up together. Yeah. And um, so I would be there with my cousin, you know, visiting him and his kids. And then I'd be there with her because she's visiting him. Mm -hmm. And so I remember there was a point, like, she was like, Naomi, I can't find a vein. And I'm like, what do you mean? She was like, well, I need you to help me. And um, I'm going to school at the time for medical assistance. So I'm like, yeah, let me help you. So I have the syringe, and I'm, like, doing what I got to do just so I can help her shoot up because her veins are so hard, like, of so much drug use Mm -hmm. that she can't find a good vein. (laughs) So she's like, help me find a vein. So it's kind of like, all right, let me help you find a vein so you can shoot up your drugs. Oh, my goodness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so at that point, I was just like... (laughs) Afterwards, did you did you have regret or did you like snap like, dude, what did I just do? Afterwards or no, not till no, later on. I was I was numb. Yeah, I was numb. Yeah, um, I was really trying to leave that life behind, but I didn't know how to get out. Mm-hmm. Like I really didn't. I was going to school for whatever you know, trying to make my future better for my son and I. But at the same time, I was still in these houses where there's you know raids and. Mm-hmm. drugs you know heavy drugs and it's like oh how do you get out of something like this yeah like how do you move forward or where do you go who helps you in a situation like that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um so I remember I was in school and I didn't have a car yet and uh I'm on the bus and I don't even know how I got a bible but I had a bible and I remember like being on the back of the bus like the city bus mm-hmm. and reading it and I'm just like well, who is God? You know, where do I start? How do I start reading this? Yeah. And um, that's when I met Jonathan's mom. On the bus? On the bus. We, we went to the same school together. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Was she going for the same thing as you, or just you guys rode the bus together? No, we went to the same school. She was going for a different career, I think pharmacy tech or something, and I was going for MA. Oh, okay. For a medical assistant. And so, um, you know, that was one of the turning points where... where I would get saved. So she uh, invited me to church. And I guess, I don't know, maybe she had just gotten saved. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But um, she had invited me. And I was still trying to leave that life behind. And so, like, sometimes when I would be at school, the, this drug dealer boyfriend would come and look for me. And I'm like, no. Like, I just leave me alone. Mm-hmm. You know, he'll wait for me in the parking lot. And I'm like, no, I don't need a ride. Like, I'll just take the bus. He was still after you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm like, no, I don't want to live that life. Like, you know what I mean? The same drugs that are circulating that you have is ending up in my family. Um, it's ending up with my friends, you know, to the point where she prostitutes herself. Yeah. Like, I don't want to be around that. I don't want my son around that. Like, I'm trying. Yeah. So. So uh, <clears throat> when she invited you to church, did you go right away or did it take you a while? No, I went right away. Because you, you're like, yes, yes, yes. This is what I want. I want to go. Yeah. Try something different. Yeah, I was trying to leave it behind because 
um, there was a lot of, like, still, there, w- there was a lot going on. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, I still didn't have a car. I was trying to go to school. I had people still following me. I had, you know, my family still trying to kick me out. <laughs> so you went back with your mom when you left this this dude? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so there I go again. And then after a while, um, I do get saved. I do go to that church. So what was your, that first experience when you went to the church? Did you have a, a like a moment that you felt God or that first time did you just observe or what happened? Um, honestly, um, it was kind of like the way pastor says, like a radical, like a radical, like I got radically saved. So you got saved the first time you visited? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I felt like I was, like God had already been calling me. Um, cause I had been talking to him slowly trying to figure out, you know what I mean? Like, what do I do with my life? What am I supposed to be doing? Like, this can't be it. Like there has to be more. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so I ended up getting saved like fairly quickly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so what happened after that, uh, that time that you uh, prayed? What, what, what's the next step? What happened? Um, so once I, you know, once I prayed, I got saved. I tried to do the right thing still. Um, things started to look up a little bit. I ended up getting a car. I was still going to school. Um, and then, you know, I, I just ended up getting an apartment. I ended up getting an apartment, and um, I was still friends with Jonathan's mom. And she and I became close. Mm-hmm. She ended up being, like, one of my best friends. So did you start going to church pretty regularly? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I, became, I became a member. You know, I signed a mm-hmm. card and everything, and I guess it made it official. And then um, I ended up getting baptized there that same year within a few months after being saved. Mm-hmm. And um, still, you know, it was a challenge because sometimes the past tries to creep up. Mm-hmm. But um, for the most part, I pulled through and left all that behind, even, like, you know, even my family. Like, so once I got my apartment, I had to leave my family alone because they were one of the sources of, Mm -hmm. you know, the biggest problems that I had um, to leave everybody behind, any old friends I had, any family members that I had, you know, other than my immediate family who was associated with Mm -hmm. my past. I kind of just dropped everybody just to try to make it work for my son and I in my own apartment. Yeah, yeah. Was that an easy decision for you? I'm sure some of these people were, right, that you... Yeah. Family that you didn't maybe have too strong a relationship with? Yeah, I mean, it was, because I was already, for the most part, independent, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, so I thought. And it, was, it wasn't it was too hard to leave my family behind and try to move forward. I mean, because for the most part, like, they would help me with my son. Mm-hmm. But that was pretty much it. Everything else I had to figure out by myself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So How old were you when you, got, when you first got saved? Um, I think I was n- maybe 18, 19 years old. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I have to ask. When you met Jonathan, he fell in madly in love with you. What did you think? <laughs> so that was actually around, I think, the first time that I got my apartment. I had uh, gotten close to his mom, and um, she's like, oh, well, you know, they have apartments over here or whatever. And I said, okay, so we moved into the same apartment complex. And he was a little boy. <laughs> so he was, what, like 13, 14 at the yeah. time? Yeah. Because you are five years difference or four? Four. Four year. Okay, yeah. Um, and I remember Jonathan, like, 
because my apartment was like right here and his mom's apartment was over here. So if I stuck out my head from the door, I could see their apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember Jonathan just like. Being an annoying little kid. Would he <laughs> wave to you? Hi, Naomi. No, <laughs> not at all. He would try to be cool. Oh, I'll try to act all suave. Oh, no. I'm a man. Like he would just stand outside the door, like trying to act all like tough. And he was on the <laughs> monitor. He couldn't even go nowhere. And then he would have all his little friends coming around, and I'm just like, oh, okay, I'm not going to go over there. I'm not going to mess with that. Um, and I would just wait, you know, till whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, I was always at their house. And sometimes, I don't know what happened, but during the monitor time, I didn't see him a lot. I don't know if he would just stay stuck in the room or what, but he was on the monitor. He was always in trouble. Yeah. So they, so you knew about, like, his getting into trouble because you are friends with his mom, so she would probably tell oh, you, yeah. Yeah. we're going through this now. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah, but... Um, Supposedly he had a crush on me, and then one of his friends said that he was with me, and I'm like, ew, gross. Like, that dude did drugs. I wasn't even with him. He's like, what well, the time I thought you were? And I'm like, ew, no, why didn't you just talk to me and tell me? But he was still like a little boy. Like, he was barely getting to, I guess, into the mess he was getting into. And yeah, I was yeah, already, yeah. like, I was already out. Like, I'm yeah, trying you're, to You're leave. sick of it, yeah. Yeah, so I was already done with that life, you know, moving forward. So he yeah. and I, we would not have meshed. <laughs> Back then. Mm-mm. Back then, back mm-hmm. then. Well, he was underage too, so. I know. <laughs> right, yeah, he right, was yeah, only yeah. 14, yeah. And I, I was already like 19 going to 20, maybe, and get me from pedophile. No way. <laughs> okay, so at this point, then uh, you're, you're saved. You're trying to live a righteous life. So you said it was radical. So you stopped smoking, you stopped drinking. Um, yeah. Okay, so then uh, the things start picking up then for you in your life. Like once you started making those decisions to stay away from certain people and and all that stuff, or you still having drama in your life? No, I had a lot of drama still. Still? Yeah, because of my choices of, so you like, you know, when you first get saved, well, when I first got saved, like I wanted to do things right. You know, mm-hmm. I was trying to do things by the book. Um, so instead of being like promiscuous or instead of just, well, yeah, just that, I was like, I need to find a husband. And just be one more person, you mm. know, and not commit sin. <laughs> okay. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so there comes this one guy and he wants to marry me and I'm like, no, you're not the one. So I didn't marry him. And then the girl's dad comes around and I had known him, you know, before um, I got saved and I was a teenager. So, but um, I, it wasn't nothing serious then. But when he came back around this time and I was saved, you know, that that was what I wanted. I wanted to get married you know, and live a right life with God and go to church and just do things right. Part of that, though, you're saying, okay, well, I know I need to get married because that is the right thing to do. Yeah. Did you ever consider he needs to be right with God? He needs to be saved? Did you ever, did that ever occur to you? Yes. <laughs> okay. But, I mean, some men are very manipulative. So he played the part. Oh, for, like, in the beginning, he played a good. Ah, uh, okay. Like, did he start going to church with you? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he would go with me and, um, I don't know, like, I wouldn't, I guess I, I was in denial. I was so young, too, you know what I mean? And I was already, like, 20, 21, and I just wanted it to work. I didn't want to be in sin anymore, mm-hmm. you know, because at this point, he and I were already, like, fornicating, mm. you know, and I, I have my own apartment. I'm not doing drugs. I'm not drinking, but I'm fornicating out, you know, and I'm compromising, and I'm just, like, I, I don't, I, I wasn't comfortable, so I was, like, I just want to get it you right. You were feeling the conviction of it. Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, and then you know, I ended up getting pregnant with Isabella. Mm. And um, 
and still he doesn't want to get married. And I'm like, well, we need to. We already have a kid, you know what I mean? And and the the pastor was already kind of pushing, like, y'all need to get married because you already have a child. Yes, yeah. Um, so at this point, it was just him. He didn't want to. And then a few months later, he's like, all right, let's get married. So we end up trying to get married. Well, we do get married, and I'm like three months pregnant with Madi already at that point. So Oh, wow. So he waited a while. Like it was. No, well, Madi, well, Isabella was six months old when we were getting married. And then uh, at that point, I was already three months pregnant with Madi. So you had them back to back then. For sure. Yeah. And, um, and it was crazy because I remember, you know, praying to God about it. And to this day, I can remember, like, God told me everything that was going to happen in that marriage. And in other words, it was no. Yeah. But you still forced it. I said, no, Lord, like, I love him. He could change. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. he's going to love you. We're going to be in church. It's going to work out. Um, and God told me, like, this and this and this is going to happen. And, no, I, I, I wasn't obedient. I didn't listen. And sure enough, all that played out, all of it. And I never told anybody until after the fact that it happened. And I'm like, God told me. And I didn't listen. You didn't listen. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that was an abusive relationship. That one was very abusive. Physically. Yeah. Yeah, mentally, physically, emotionally. I mean, you name it. It was. How long did you try to make it work with him? Um, I don't know, maybe seven, eight years uh, or so. You were with him for a while. Yeah, I was with him for a while, especially because we had the kids. What, okay, so he was physically abusive with you. Did he ever touch the girls or Sal? No, not really. He was mean to Sal. Okay. Um, but other than that, he 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 would just he would just abuse me. He would just hit me. Does Sal remember this? Sal remembers a lot about that. That's the one of the main things. So Sal was already at that age to where he, that's all he remembers from that point up on. Because what, he was around five? Yeah. 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 And so um, there would be times where, like, the girl's dad, you know, I would be pregnant and we'd be arguing, and he'd uh, try to take Isabella from me by force, you know, and have her in a carrier, and he's, like, yanking her from my arms in the carrier, and I'm pregnant trying to hold on to Isabella, and I have Mari, like, yeah. in my belly. Yeah. And I'm just like, you're not taking my daughter. You're not taking my daughter. And um, and I'm just fighting for her, like, no, no. And there was a point where uh, I ended up losing my apartment, so we had to move into his mom's house, and it just got worse. Mm-hmm. Because they would hear the, like, it was for, it was me and some crazy dog we had and then him and it was a small <laughs> room mm-hmm. and like people would hear his family would hear us arguing and fighting and no one would step in and help me mm. like they would just let it happen mm. and I'm like like how can they allow this but yeah. nobody would step in and you were pregnant uh, yeah yeah so the times that he was abusive when you weren't pregnant did you uh did you try fighting back I did fight back, did fight back? yeah we would leave each other black eyes you guys would just go at it yeah, but I mean, it was more like I would I would be the one to get hurt, and I'm trying to defend myself. Mm. You know what I mean? And it's just like, um, I don't know. He'll invent he'll invent some crazy stories, and um, I'll be calling my mom like, "Can you come and get me?" You know, my kid. and they were still nope. No, my mom would come and get me. Oh, okay. you know, at that point, she was like, "Well, let me come and get you." And I remember um, she had called the cops, and uh, he had Isabella. 
and he didn't want to let her go. And um, I was like, I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving her. I said, I'm going to stay right here. And the cops were like, well, man, there's nothing you could do. And he gives the cops some crazy story about me. And the cops believe him. And they're looking at me crazy, you know, and they're, like, refusing to give me my kid. And I said, well, then I'm not leaving. Like, he's going to have to hit me if he wants to, but I'm not leaving my baby here. And um, so sure enough, like, I don't know what happens, but he gives me my kid, and we ended up leaving. So you were able to get you and the girls out and Sal? Me and Isabella and Sal. And then Mari came mm-hmm. after a while. Yeah, but I ended up always, like, I was always in that relationship where I would get beat up, and then you just go right back. Mm-hmm. That's who I was. Was it because it was familiar, or you had nowhere else to go? Like, what kept you going back? I thought I loved him. So you were like, oh, he, I'll still, make him change, or I'll love hold, him. hold hope that you're, he was going to change? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did. Were yeah. you still going to church at this time? Like, yeah. through all this, you were going to church? Yeah. Was he? He, uh... So he would go on and off. I don't know if it was just to see if I was talking to anybody or if it was to see, I don't know. I just, but you could tell he wasn't saved because there was a certain point where like he would start doing drugs too. Mm -hmm. And then um, he would get like worse, Mm -hmm. be more aggressive. Mm -hmm. And um, it was to the point where like, like he was in my hood. So I was like, oh, you're going to a party? All right. I know where you're going. Mm-hmm. because I knew these people. Like, he didn't realize that the life I lived before, I yeah. know these people. So it would be like, oh, okay, well, you know, who's he talking to? <laughs> and I find out he's sleeping around with women, mm. a bunch of, well, a bunch of girls. And so there I am, like, all right, well, who did he sleep with now? So every six months I'm going to a clinic to get checked for STDs because I don't know who he's sleeping with. But you were still sleeping with him? yeah. He was my husband. I figured maybe it'll keep him around. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, you love somebody so much, you have so much hope, and then you just, I tried to make it work. So at any point during this relationship, did you ever look back and go, I'm sorry, God, I should have listened to you? Because you knew he talked to you. Oh, yeah. Definitely. So then, uh, towards the end of it, what... uh, what happened towards the end? Like, how did it end? Um, did you finally get sick of it and be like, now we're done? Or So I was going crazy, like mentally. I was going crazy because there were so many women. There was so much of going in and out of the house. There was so much abuse. Um, there was so much, like, him not coming home late at night, and I'm wondering, where are you at? What are you doing? You know, and then have to hear it from people that I, in the world I used to be with. And they ain't going to lie to me. Like, they have no reason to lie to me. Right, yeah. And if I wanted to, I would just, like, there would be times where, um, all right, I'm like, all right, who is he talking to? Where does she live? And I'll go find her. And I'll, like, get in my car and I will talk to you. And she'll be like, huh? I'm like, I know you're talking to my husband. You know, and I would confront these women. I don't know how, there was a lot of them, but I know I had confronted at least three. And, um, one of them didn't want to meet me, so we just talked over the phone. But one of them I did. I did, did they know he was married? Yeah. So, yes. Yeah, so, so, okay, so since they knew, why weren't you confronting him? Like, why were you going after the girls? Because I wanted to, I don't know, because I, he wasn't going to tell me. Like, he was always in denial about it. Mm. Like, so he would never tell me the truth. But, I, and that was the thing is that God would, like, I felt like God's revealing stuff to me. 
So I had no peace. And I'm like, I need to know what's going on. You know, also, I don't know. They say women have that intuition. I don't know. But I think um, we do. <laughs> I'm all, I, I think we do. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so I just, you know, I'm like, if I have to call people or whatever, just tell me who she is. Because I need to know if they're sleeping around. Is she pregnant? You know, like, is he staying with you? What's happening? Um, so there was one girl and. I remember, um, I remember more or less where she, like, I thought I knew where she lived. I was losing my mind. I was, uh, <laughs> I was door knocking in the neighborhood mm-hmm. trying to find her. And the one house that I did not go to. That was hers. That was her house and her husband was there. She was married too. So she, she was, was married, married too. <gasps> yeah, that was one girl. And so I remember, like, um, I said, I'm going to find him. And um, I was driving around at night and it was late. I don't know, maybe one in the morning, two in the morning. And um, I see Jonathan's little brother, and he's like, Naomi, what are you doing? I'm looking for so-and-so, and you need to go home already, la la, your kids. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm going to find, you know, you know, just all upset being a yeah. wife. And so um, I'm like, no, nah, I'm going to find her. Like, I'm going to find her. And then, um, well, I said, I'm going to find them because they were together. Together. Yeah. And so I, I pull up in a cul-de-sac. And I just wait there with my lights off. And I wait for them. And sure enough, they pull up. And I'm just like, all right, that's her. So I wait for him to get out the car, and then he realizes it's me. And I had, like, a big old Suburban. So she has a little car, so she can't move. And I blocked her. And I told her, follow me. And she had no choice because if I followed her, she was taking me home. Yeah. So she and I, we went to the, the corner store, and we talked. Like, I couldn't even be mad at her because, for one, it, he's pursuing her, you know. Yes, But I yeah. wanted to know, like, are you sleeping together? How long have you been? You know, just the questions that That you wife, have plaguing your mind. Yes, yeah. yeah. You know, and um, no, so she told me, and I told her, I said, you realize you're not the only girl, right? And she looks at me, like, so offended. And I say, I'm the wife, and I have you here. I'm looking for you. I said, you're not the only girl in his life. I said, there's, an, uh, there's a couple more that I'm after right now that I need to talk to. I said, I need to know what's going on. Um, you know, and I was already, like, at my point. Like, I was losing my mind. I needed to know. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, I, in other words, I guess I needed closure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So she was one of the main ones. So she was one of the main ones that, in the end, he tried to make it work with her. Oh, wow. After you guys, you mean? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and then there was two more um, so I, I had a, at one point I had this one girl come to my house and she's a girlfriend and we traded information. She's like, well, have you seen my boyfriend? And I said, well, what are you going to give me? You know, and I said, because she and her husband or boyfriend, or whatever, would hang around with the girl's dad. So they would all party together. And I said, well, I'll help you if you help me. So sure enough, she was like, oh, okay, well, he slept with my sister, la, la, la. Well, put your sister on the phone. I want to meet her. And she didn't want to meet me. And I was like, all right, you know. I said, well, let me talk to her then. And so I just asked her some questions over the phone and, you know, detailed questions that if someone had slept with him, like, that's something they, they would know. Yeah. 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 And so I said, oh, okay, all right. So she never wanted to meet me. Um, so when he found out that I spoke, to her and got all this information, he was, like, furious because mm-hmm. everything was unraveling. Yeah. And then... Uh, so you Okay, so at this point, then, you're 
you were done with the marriage. You filed for divorce, I'm assuming you filed first. Yeah. Right? So and so you were just fed up, you realized he's not gonna change. Um, so through all this, uh how is his relationship with the girls? Um, the girls are little. And that last girl that um that had meet me at the corner store, he pretty much like he was with her all the time and he didn't want to leave her. And I said, All right. You know, I said, you can stay with her. Like, I'm not going to fight anymore. Like, I've already talked to all these women. I got everything I needed to know. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and I ended up, I was in this clinic, and this girl was telling me how she did her own divorce, you know, paperwork. So that's what I did. I didn't get an attorney. I just did my own paperwork. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I didn't ask for nothing. I had all the documents in order. Mm -hmm. um, so I filed for a divorce, and I took in the papers, and I said, if you sign it, we'll be divorced right now. You can stay with her. Because he was with her in the car. Oh, well, yeah. So she was there when I gave him the doors papers. Yeah. I said, you can stay with her, and it's fine. I said, we'll sign the papers. And her being there, he still didn't want to sign them. He didn't know. I guess, I don't know, I think it was like a control issue or something. I really don't know. But he he refused to sign them. I said, it's okay. I said, because even if you don't sign it, I'll talk to the judge. Yeah, and I get said, the judge, yeah, to approve it no matter what. Yeah. So I just, I ended up having to wait. I said, all right, well, I'm going to make sure you get served. I said, you don't got to do anything. And he didn't believe me. And I told him the process. I said, yeah. you don't got to do nothing. Don't sign it. I said, I just wanted to be divorced today so that this could be over with. Because I felt like I was still going to church during this time. So I felt like I could not move on. Until it was over. Until it was over. Like, even yeah. if I wanted another relationship, I could never bring myself to sleep with somebody else. Or, you know, just have a relationship because I was still married. Mm-hmm. You know, I felt like it was the biggest honor of all. And I just, I, I couldn't be with someone else in that way unless I was divorced and I could, like, then move on. Mm -hmm. So I felt like it was holding me down already. So did he give you a hard time signing for a while? Yeah. Like for a long time? Like, how long did he drag it on for? Um, I, well, no, I can't even say that long. Maybe six months because I was on it. Mm -hmm. I had to go, since I didn't have an attorney and I was doing my own papers, I had to go downtown and check on the paperwork and I was on it like okay what else do you need what else do you need you know turning everything in like making yeah. sure all documents are in order just doing my own divorce wow <laughs> pretty much yeah mm-hmm yeah and then so maybe I don't know six months or so but he finally signed a judge didn't have to go uh no he didn't sign oh okay so it was a judge going okay it's over yeah so he if he would have showed up on the court date that they had given us then maybe there would have been, like, a battle. Mm -hmm. But because he didn't, automatically was just able to get the divorce. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, so through this relationship, especially towards the end, um, how was your faith? Did it grow? Did it uh, waver? Like, through all this, did you go closer to God? Did you question God? Um, I honestly could say I got closer to God. Yeah. I got closer to God because I had wandered in circles for so many years, just wasting time with this person who doesn't want to be saved. You know, to this day, I, I pray that he gets saved, like, and he's not. He still lives a worldly life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, but by the, so by the end of this relationship, though, like you kind of already moved on uh, your emotions, like you didn't, you weren't in love with him anymore. So it was kind of like, let's just get this over with. Yeah. 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 Is this where the adultery comes in? 
no. Okay. Well, yeah, kind of. I guess. So, I guess I have to go back I a little bit. Your bad. Yeah. So, during the time, of course, I was going through all of this, right, mm-hmm. with him and all these women. Um, it was like years of all these relationships he had. And I was trying to figure out, like, what do I do? How do I make this work? So I would go to my leaders in the church. And um, a lot of people would leave, and I wouldn't, like, I wouldn't know why. But um, Leave? Like, like, what do you mean? The leave? church. Okay, they would leave the church. Yeah, they would These leave the church. These people that you looked up to yeah. for advice. Okay. Yeah. Even um, there was a point where the pastor's wife had left the church. And so I'm stuck trying to figure out how am I going to, you know, who do I talk to about my marriage? Like, I need help. Um, so I go to the pastor. His wife is gone. You know, and there's new people coming in, but I don't know them to tell my life. Mm-hmm. So I go and I talk to him. And I'm telling him about my life. Like, I need help. What do I do with my husband? Like, I'm trying the utmost to try to keep him to maybe, I don't know, what do I got to do to get him saved? Mm-hmm. But no, um, that ended up, that relationship... Because of my marriage, I ended up having a relationship with my pastor, like a physical relationship, mm-hmm. like one day where I would commit adultery. Yeah. Um, so that continued. So this man, he was a minister, but he totally was taking advantage and of you, I would say, because here you are seeking his advice as a pastor, and he's wanting something different, and it manipulated you. Yeah. Yeah, you know, at that at that time, um, like I could remember it clear as day the way everything played out, but I didn't even know. Like, I didn't see the signs. I was so naive. Naive. I was so naive. You well, know? I mean, and you, sh- when you uh, when you talk with your pastor, I mean, that's kind of the last thing you would think would happen. You know what I mean? So you don't yeah. go into it, you know, suspicious and whatnot. So you wouldn't. You know what I mean? So it really was. You're vulnerable, uh, emotionally lacking, and looking for support. And yeah. this guy just preyed, preyed on you. Yeah, yeah and um, I didn't really know that that's what was happening. Like mm-hmm. I, I was like, "What are you doing?" You know? Was it uh, was it a, a like a slow, drawn out process, or was it like first first meeting you had with him trying to get counseling and boom? He's no, it was a slow process. Yeah, yeah, to the point where. I was isolated, and I couldn't talk to nobody else. It's like, okay, let's meet this day. Let's meet over here. Let's talk about it over here. Okay, yeah. So so he knew very well what he was doing. Like He had yeah. the intentions. It's not like it's not like it was uh, an instance that just happened out of the blue. It was like, no, he was working his way up yeah. to making his move. Yeah, to, and to where I will be comfortable with it yeah. and just accepting. Because eventually I did become accepting to where I felt. Like I'm telling you, my so even through my childhood, like I didn't know what love was. And then I became a teenager, still didn't know what love was. You know, and then I got saved. I knew what God's love was, but I didn't know what love outside of God should be like mm-hmm. as far as man. So then I got married and I was abused, like physically and stuff. So I, I didn't know what a, a normal relationship was ever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, so at this point, I don't even like I maybe this is OK. He's not hitting me. You Did know you I mean? think that he really loved you or cared for you? Um, Maybe to a certain point. 
maybe to a certain point. But no, I, I knew I wasn't his wife. Like, I knew he could never care for me that way. Did you, because you were reading your Bible, you were attending church, did you know it was wrong, but it just was, well, somebody's listening to me, somebody's sort of caring for me more than I've ever been cared for at this point in my life? Yeah. So you were just like, just okay. That was um, probably, I mean, I can't, I can't say you can call that peace, but I wasn't getting beat up, you know, and I didn't have nobody trying to have me do drugs. And here you are still a new Christian, a yeah. new, and how now this is taking you down a different path. Yeah. How old were you at this time? Um, so I got married like 21, 22. So I don't know, maybe 24, 25, okay. something like that. And, and that relationship, it continued for years. How long? Mm, you don't remember. Maybe like five years, four years. Okay, so. So even after you divorced the other guy, it was still going on? Yeah. Yeah, because at that point, I, I didn't have, uh, like, I didn't have nobody. Mm-hmm. So it was like, okay, well, I just got you. I'd rather be with you than me sleeping around. So when you got divorced, did you get, uh, did it happen more often or did you get closer to him or? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did. I got closer to him. Um, and it was more okay for him, too, because, like I said, his wife was in and out of the church. Um, so she wasn't even in the church half the time either. You know, so it was just like he was separated and I was divorced already. So it was just like you just continue on with what you have. But um, during the process of, of that relationship, like I would notice, like he would talk to another woman, too. And I'm like, well, I'm not your wife. Like, I'm not going to trip. So, like, I'm not going to question you and be like, oh, who are you talking to? You know what I mean? Like, that's not, like, I ain't your wife. That's not my spot. Like, your your actual wife should be on you about that. But So you weren't the only person that he was flirting with on the side or counseling? Yeah, so it wasn't until everything was over and Jonathan and I were married um, that all that came to light that there was somebody else. So I knew there was another woman, but I didn't know to the extent. And it turns out that that other person was a family member of Jonathan's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that he was talking to. And um, she and I, like, I wouldn't say we got close, but the, it was so strange, the relationship that he had, she and I create. Like, she knew about me and I knew about her. But um, I knew what I was doing with him, but I just never knew what they were doing up until, like, late after everything was done. Mm. Yeah. But, yeah, he, he had me, her, and then um, he would be like, oh, well, can you call her? Encourage her today. She's going through this and this. You know, and she's trying to make it work for her husband. And, and the pastor is getting close to her husband, and he ends up further into drugs, prostituting women, like selling drugs, like like their marriage collapsed. So he was saying he was helping your marriage and their marriage, but really that's not what he's doing at all. Yeah, so come to find out, like when Jonathan and I started talking, I'm like, oh my God, like I didn't know how deep it was. I said, wow, and um, <laughs> it was bad. It was bad because... Um, like, I was friends with this other woman. I wasn't even friends with his wife. Mm-hmm. You know, Jonathan's mom was closer to the pastor's wife. So I could never, I don't know, I just never had that relationship with the pastor's wife. And then she left. And, like, so since I'm with the pastor, he's like, oh, my wife's crazy. He made her to be out like a crazy woman. 
So I was like, I can't go to her. So you do know. you think it's because she knew what he was doing? So it sounds, so in the end, yeah. Yeah, she um, she found out. She found out and, and everything got exposed with he and I. Everything got exposed. Everything got exposed. And uh, at the, so when it did get exposed, were you still in the mix with him in the relationship? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so then is after it got exposed, um, the congregation found out. Mm-hmm. So did they, uh, obviously they, I'm sure they looked at you differently. Oh, yeah. Did they kind of like blame you as like a harlot, uh, Jezebel or something? Yeah. Did they put any blame on him? At first, no. So what had happened was um, they were having like a men's retreat, and um, I had went down to go see him, and we're—I wouldn't say we had sex because we never had sex, but we were fornicating. So I did stay there, and um, I remember like in the morning I was leaving, and I saw one of the brothers, and I'm like, "Oh snap." I said, all right, well, that's it. Like, we knew the consequences. I knew the consequences. He did, too. And so when I got back to San Antonio, um, you know, they played it cool, the people who knew. Mm-hmm. But they, like, I guess it, the wife, I don't know, I guess she wanted to get back with him. So th- she was already suspicious. So she had already, like, set up this whole thing. And um, so she, I guess she had people follow him and stuff or whatever. And, um, I mean, that's her right. You know, she's a wife. So then later on, like, a couple of days later, um, we're supposed to be cleaning the church. And then they're like, oh, okay, well, Naomi, can you come over here? And I said, all right. You know. And they're in a table, and they have pictures, and they have a... So she actually got, like, an investigator, like a detective to follow him? Nope, just people from the church. Oh, wow. Mm Mm-hmm. Just people from the church. You know what I mean? And um, instead of, like, trying to figure out what really happened, well, no, they. I guess maybe you can say they did, but I was too scared to say anything because there was one time, I can remember one, one time that um, I reached out for help. And the one person that I would have told everything to because I needed help and I wanted out and I didn't even know how to get out of that, you know, relationship with him, her phone was off. She was one of the leaders and her phone's off, and, like, kind of, like, she was tired. She didn't want anything to do with nobody, mm-hmm. um, and her phone's never off. So after that, I just never reached out to her. At any point when you're, you know, having, like, this affair with this with this married man, did you ever think of how you, how you're affecting his wife? How, because your husband just drove you crazy nutsos. Did you ever think about her, that she's going crazy nutsos? Or did that, at that time, just you didn't put those two and two together? I didn't think she cared. I didn't think she cared because they had been separated for so long. You know what I mean? Like, So how long was she out of the church? She was in and out. She was in and out. But I don't know at one point she wanted to make it work, and she stayed there. And so I was like, okay, well, just stay with your wife. And at that point, he didn't want to leave me alone. I was trying to leave the church. You know, mm-hmm. I think at one point I even did leave the church. Um, but he kept calling me to come back. There I go, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. so that there I go back. Um, but I did try. I did try to leave, and it just, I couldn't. He wouldn't leave me alone. And so um, I was just like, well, I mean, I don't, I don't know. What are you going to do? you make it work with your wife? What? And he wanted to have both of us. I guess she came back for a while, and then that's when she started this investigation. 
So I was like, oh, okay, you know, I mean, I don't know what to tell you, but if your wife finds out, like, everything's going to get exposed. There's going to be a lot of people. Um, I mean, obviously, I, I knew the consequences, but I was already too deep. I didn't even know how to get out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So how was it in the church when it all got revealed? Did you stay long after? Or? No. So the funny thing is that the day that everything, you know, was discovered, I knew I should not have gone that day. But I'm glad it did because I, I can remember praying to God, like, how do I get out? What can I do to get out? How do I get away? You know, um, I already tried leaving and it's not working. Or, you know, so I was already reaching out to God, like, I can't do this anymore. You know, and the conviction was so bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so I remember, like, I think a couple of weeks later, I was like, if I do leave this church, where am I going to go? And God had given me this one church in mind. And I said, all right, if I do leave, I'm going to have to go there. Well, then everything got exposed. So when everything got exposed and, you know, these people were trying to talk to me and trying to ask me what happened, I was too scared to talk. But um, I already knew what steps I had to take. I already knew where I was going. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's kind of sad to say, but I already knew I was going to leave. Like, I knew that. But if if this had not gotten exposed... I probably would have stayed there longer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So yeah. to me, this was like a blessing in disguise. You were relieved. You I were really like, was. Okay. No, I it's was. It's out. Yeah. No, I was. Because you were living this double life. You were leading the secret life that you're, you know, sneaking around and yeah. Yeah. And so I had been trying to leave for the longest time. You know what I mean? So when everything did come about, I was like, all right, you know, Lord, I know where I'm going. But I lost a lot, a lot of friendships, a lot of relationships, like, well, friendships, mm-hmm. mainly the people who say they're Christians. You just get to see that real side. And it's like, well, that's not what the word of God says. And I say, well, the way they handled this situation, it was rough. The way they handled it. Because I didn't say anything and I chose to keep quiet. I was scared. I didn't know, you know, how, how do you talk about something like this with people from one day to the next? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then they were just bashing me. So I was like. I'm not going to say nothing. I thought that was the best. Mm-hmm. Just keep my mouth closed. Yeah, I thought that was best at that time. And, and I realize now it's not. It wasn't a good idea. So but um, so once they, the church did find out, um, oh, my God, it became this circus. Like, Was Jonathan's mom still there at the time? So she had left the church. She and I had went our own ways. In your um, friendship, you guys kind of stopped talking or what? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we did stop talking. Um, she started, I don't know, living a worldly life, mm-hmm. you know, and I was still living this life, trying to get out of it and whatever she was going through. I think at the time she was going through a divorce too um, with her husband at that time. So we really didn't keep contact because she moved sides of town, so we were just far apart already at this point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But um, when everything got exposed with the church, they started calling everybody. I mean, like different churches, um, people on Facebook, putting it out there like that. They about like, you. Yeah, they went door knocking. <laughs> what? And telling people. Yes. Going. Have to you th- seen this lady? No. <laughs> Don't let her in. Like, like, what were they doing? Yeah, like people who were not in the church. Okay, well, this is what happened with Naomi and Pastor. Like this, and this is what happened. So they just like broadcast everywhere just any way they could get it out they were getting it out that's how they handled it 
And, um, and they were using the word of God with it, too. <laughs> so he stayed the pastor? He stayed. They made him step down for, like, six months. That was the step on his hand. And that was it? Yeah. So they, do, they basically blamed you? Yeah. 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 And, um, and the one person that I tried to go to, I tried to explain it to her. She didn't want to hear it from me no more. I told her, I said, you know, I tried to reach out to you one time. I tried to tell you what, what was happening. I said, but you had your phone off. I said, I never reached out to you again. She just didn't know what to say. All she could do is just give me a hug. I said, all right. You know, I said, these are people of God. You know, and I couldn't be mad at, at them, but it was just the way that they reacted to the situation. Mm-hmm. They could have definitely handled it better, you know, um, because it's not like they sat down with me more than one time on an issue. They just like, no, all right, well, you're done. Mm-hmm. You know, and I knew I had to leave. Like, I wasn't going to sit there and be like, all right, let's try to work this out. Right, yeah. You know, so I was like, no, nah, I'm out. Like, so I already knew where I was going. So by the following Sunday, I was already in the next church. Did they know you went to that church? Were they knocking on that church's door? <laughs> um, honestly, I felt like people were following me. I had people threaten to kill me. Or Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah. I had people make a bunch of threats and so was he telling them to do this? Was his wife telling you? Or you don't know? I Honestly, I think it was his wife, you know. Um, but I was like, man, people know where I live. <laughs> so well, yeah, because John, like Jonathan said, you guys were all in that little area mm-hmm. of it, San Antonio. So yeah. and, you and knew everybody. Yeah, and the church was small. Yeah. So everybody knew everybody. So I was like, I, it could be anybody right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like everybody hates me right now. And because I didn't say nothing, it just looks like, I pursued it because of my past. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? They mm-hmm. used my past yeah. against me. And I'm like, that's not what happened here at all. Yeah. Like, my past has nothing to do with what happened here. Yeah. You know, but they used it on me, and I was like, all right, you know, it's, if that's how y'all are going to judge me, what could I do? So I just, I just try to move on, you know, but still getting the threats and everything, um, losing my mind, and then that's when Jonathan kind of came into the picture during the mix of everything. So, so before we get into you and Jonathan, uh, when you're in this new church, did you have a new outlook on your salvation? You know what I mean? Like you're in this, in the old church, you're going through the stuff with your husband. You have this relationship with the pastor. So obviously your salvation is compromised. You know what I mean? You're not truly right with God, even though you, you know, you're praying, you're going to church, all this stuff. So when you go into this new church, are you coming at it with like, okay, like I'm starting over. This is uh, a new beginning for me. Yeah. With your salvation. Like I'm just focusing on you or like, did you get more serious about it or how? Yeah. Yeah. So my mind was so occupied with the girl's dad, you know, and then this whole pastor thing. Cause this was all happening at the same time. You all were still it. married and trying to divorce him. Correct. Yeah. So yeah. This is all just all insane at the same time. Yes. Weren't you trying to get custody of your sister too? Yes, because so my mom had passed away, so that was a whole other thing. So but you're trying to get a divorce. Your mother passes away. You're trying to get custody of your sister. All of this is going on. Go to your pastor for counseling and yeah. support, and that's... That's a bust. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. yeah. Trying to raise three kids on your own. And four with my little sister. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah so... Um, so the whole pastor thing had happened, and then uh, I go to the new church, and I have all four kids with me. You know, and they're looking at me like she came from nowhere. I had been to that church like years before, um, 
you know, so I had already been there like maybe once or twice, but God said, that's where I'm going to go. So that's where I went. And I kid you not though. Um, I got so close to God there, like all the hurt, everything that I had been through, God helped me during that time because I was literally like pulled away from everybody. There was no distractions. Like I had no friends, had no family. Um, I had nobody to turn to. I, I mean, the kids were little. Right. Yeah. You know, so really my focus was just God, you know, and um, so I, I was just torn away from everybody in one day and then just having to, all right, now you're by yourself again. Mm-hmm. This time I was for real by myself mm-hmm. and I had to figure it out. And it was like, well, what do I do, God? You know what I mean? My heart was so broken. I know I, I know that what I did was not right. And I, I may have torn people from their salvation because of what I did with the pastor, mm-hmm. you know, and not explaining myself. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm pretty sure people lost you know, whatever they had with God because of that. Some people do. Yeah. And oh, they yeah. never come yeah. back. Yeah. You know, but I know, um, and I asked God to forgive me for that, you know, because I felt responsible. Like, mm-hmm. a lot of people left. But also, too, I was like, well, he's a headship, so his punishment is going to be worse. You know, and him, he should have known better, too. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes two to tango. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then... um so, no, there I am in this new church, and I'm just I'm facing everything by myself, you know, just trying to make it work with the kids and everything that just happened. And I'm scared that if I tell my new pastors they're, <laughs> they're going to make me leave, mm-hmm. you know, so I'm just like I'm kind of scared to tell anybody anything about my life because then they're going to be, like, bashing me about it or, you know, they're going to question me and make it seem like it's my fault, like the last church. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to tell nobody my past at this point. I'm just I don't want to talk to nobody. So I was just there for me and God. Um, so I just attended the church regularly, took my notes, got deep into my word, deep into prayer. I, uh, I can honestly say that this was a time where I got close to God one-on-one, like never before. Mm-hmm. I learned so much, you know, just in that one time. So I had to be stripped from everything or I wouldn't have received what I did mm-hmm. at that mm-hmm. time. Did you get any close relationships in that church? No. No? I was by myself for like four years. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Just me, God, and the kids. And yeah. this is the church that, uh, the last church before you came to us? Yeah. Okay, Okay. so then, uh, so then whereabouts does Jonathan come in? You get a, you get a phone call, <laughs> or you get a text telling him, telling you to call him? What's up, girl? <laughs> What's up? <laughs> uh, so it was random. So, like, <coughs> it was so weird the way God timed it, because um, when everything was discovered, right, like, I don't know, I, well, obviously, Jonathan's mom found out, too, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, and she was into her own mess over there, um, but Jonathan, I guess he had asked his sister, and this was literally, he literally, he and I talked, like, a little after this had happened, um, so maybe a week into it. Oh, okay, so, so days, we're talking days, we're not like, taking months or no. anything like that. And it was like, I really didn't want to talk to Jonathan, like, I was already going through enough. Mm-hmm. But I was like, oh, why? I, I haven't seen this little boy in so many years. <laughs> I'll just tell him hi, see how he's doing. You know, like it was a courtesy. Like, hey, yeah. how you doing? You all right? Yeah, yeah, it's good to talk to you, kind of thing. No, this dude had something totally planned. Like, like what? I'm gonna be your wife in three days. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? I was like, he's crazy. Like, uh, and I had asked him. I said, 
are you one of those people who falls in love fast? <laughs> you asked him that? Yeah, I did. <laughs> and he just stayed quiet. I was like, because it's been like three days. Do you love me? <laughs> and uh, he, I guess apparently he did. I don't know. But, he um, did. He does. He does, Naomi. He does <laughs> love you. I, like, yeah, from that day. Believe like, it. Believe it. Oh, he's so cute. He, um, so I told him what happened. And he's like, you know, the whole situation. Mm-hmm. He's like, that's it. I'm like, what do you mean that's it? All my friends don't want to talk to me. I don't have nobody. Like, you know, I have people threatening me. La, la, la. He's like, you know, I'm in prison, right? Like, I go through a lot worse in here. <laughs> and so he made it. He just blew it over. Like, it was nothing. He went up to you. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, okay. And so um, I don't know. We just. Did that help you kind of put things into perspective? Or were you still like, whatever, dude, you don't even know what you're talking about? No, I did. Because when I was talking to him, he was telling me... The things he was going through? The life he was living. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And um, I felt bad. Like, I was like, dang. Like, I guess there are worse things out here in the world. And I'm over here crying because I lost a few friendships. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm by myself. He's over here in prison and it's all crazy in there. So uh, I wanted to be friends. Like, I was not... I knew I was not ready for a relationship. Like, mm-hmm. everything was just still so fresh. Um, like I knew I wanted marriage in my life. Eventually, I, yes. yes. I yeah. wanted a husband, and I wanted to do things right. But I didn't know if he was gonna be it, like the way he was living. And yeah, I was just like, I don't know. Like I don't want to live that life. Like I already left drugs. Mm-hmm. So I ain't trying to go back into that life. Like I already got saved. I'm not trying to go back because he was living that life. He was still selling drugs. He was doing whatever. And mm-hmm. I told him like, I am not gonna get back into that. I don't know if I can handle being in a long distance relationship right now or any relationship yeah he's like i'll just wait for you so <laughs> well that's easy for him to say <laughs> <laughs> i know <laughs> you're not going anywhere jonathan <laughs> i know and i know i was just like i don't know if i could do this like you know what i mean yeah yeah okay, so then what was it because there was must have been something for you to keep going on with the conversations with him you know what i mean so what was it he was super sweet like, for him being the person that he was and all, living that crazy life, I couldn't understand how he could be so sweet. And he just kept claiming me. And I don't know, maybe it's just, he was really persistent, you know. Um, and Do you think part of it could be, again, you uh, searching for that love and him kind of showing you this love and compassion and, you know, infatuation and stuff? Like, do you think that kind of, like... Did it play a part? Yeah. Um. No... Because he, uh, like, I didn't, I kept pushing away from him. I was like, no, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. But it was just that. But you kept talking to him. Yeah, right? I know. I know. I know. Yeah, I'm like, like, you say I kept pushing, <laughs> but I'm like, but you kept talking. So yeah. you were leaving that lifeline. You know, you're still like. I was like, uh, like, because he was, honestly, he was my only friend. You know, he was my only friend. And I felt like I could trust him. Mm-hmm. You know, with, like, I don't know. I don't know. You know how he is? Yeah, he sucks you in. <laughs> Daniel knows. I know. You know what I'm talking about. I can't get rid of him. No, just kidding. Like, no, you know kidding. how he said. <laughs> <laughs> like, Daniel knows what I'm saying. So, like, you know what I mean? It's just like, okay, well, let's see where this goes. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, uh, I told him, like, if we do have a relationship, like, th- I just cannot have a relationship where you're going to live this life. Like, I already left it behind. I'm already going through all this right now. Like, I need to know what you really want to do because 
he did give me the plans. Hey, this, this, and this, and it sounded great. Mm-hmm. But um, like I'm already in the point where I'm fasting and I'm praying and I'm just focused on God right now. Mm-hmm. And I just got out of this huge mess. You know what I mean? So I'm trying to set it straight. So I'm like, I don't want to jump right into it with him. Right, yeah. And this dude's in prison, and i never been with nobody in prison. So I'm like, I don't even know what that's like. Yeah, it was a whole new thing for you, too. Yeah, yeah. no, for sure, for sure. And so um, I was just like, I'm going to wait and just see where it goes. And then that's when I told him, well, let's start fasting. Oh, my God. I said, this is what the word of God says, and we're we're fasting, and you ended up in G5, so I can't be with you. Like, I said, nope, that's it. I'm going to cut you off. There's my sign. There's my sign. Yeah. There's my sign. And I'm like, nope, nope, I fasted. You know what I mean? Uh, Because I believe in fasting, praying. Yes, absolutely. And so um, I had a scripture, and I said, this is what scripture says here. I'm like, I think you're Satan. (laughs) You said that? (laughs) Like, based on the research that I did. Um, And so, like. He was like, this is like demonic. And I'm just like, well, this is the only scripture that I got. I can't marry you. I can't marry you like this. You know? And so I'm, I'm like terrified right now. You know, of man, yeah, I'm terrified. You've been through the ringer. <laughs> so I'm just like, no, I don't want to do nothing with you. I'm just, we'll be friends. We're just like that. And the whole time, um, that's when he ended up going into G5, where he was just by himself for those six months. Mm-hmm. And um, so I was like, no, nah, I'm going to go find me a husband. You're already in there. Yeah, I can honestly say I, I did try to go find a husband. Really? How'd that, how'd that go? I didn't work too well. We barely talked, that other guy and I. But I was claiming it, you know, trying to do that thing Jonathan did. <laughs> claiming it. <laughs> <laughs> did you go up to him and like, hey, we're going to get married. Oh, <laughs> Day one. That's embarrassing. Did you really? No, I didn't tell oh, him. Oh, I was off. Did you I really? I didn't tell him, but. In your head. I told Jonathan. <laughs> I told Jonathan, that's my husband. We're going to get married. Um, you taught me to claim it, so I'm claiming him as my husband. <laughs> Poor Jonathan. Poor Jonathan. Uh, he's like, nope, she's got it wrong. Yeah, that's what she he She heard saying. the wrong name, Lord. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so then talk about uh, when you finally realized, okay, this is the man for me. So, uh, so he says it was an ultimatum, but I don't, I don't remember it being like that. Um, I just remember, like, I was in the river, and, like, being in my element, you know, talking to God, floating in the water, and I'm just praying. And I'm like, I don't know what to do, Lord. I said, I really like this person, but I don't know if I can handle this long-distance relationship. He's in prison. You know, I don't even know if he's going to get out anytime soon. Mm. You know, and he wants to get married, and how am I going to get married and have three kids? And he's still in there. You know, I'm still by myself. Like, I, I had a lot to think about. Mm-hmm. You know, and he, apparently he thought about every scenario and so I'm just like, you know, he's like, I already thought about everything. I said, like, what? You know, and he laid it all out like he tells you guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I was like, all right, well, it sounded good. Well, I don't know. So anyways, I prayed and um, I just jumped in and I said, all right. Like, I told him, I'll give you a chance. I said, I'll, I'm going to try this. And I'm going to see if I can make this relationship work. Mm-hmm. You know, because I had pushed him away, and I already supposedly tried to get married to somebody else during that time he was in G5. You know, and I was like, okay, okay, I'll give you a chance because, you know, you, now you're saved. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and he really was. That's what had changed my mind, too, because. Because you could see it was real. Yeah. He, he came out, and he was a different Jonathan from when he went in mm-hmm. to G5. When mm-hmm. he came out. 
Um, he was just a different man. So I don't know what God did in there and tore, you know, apart in there in that man, but he came out totally different. And I was like, wow. But it must have been painful for him. You know, he had to be by himself with God one-on-one. I can't imagine. Like, what I had to go through, you know, and me and four kids, and I was out here in church, but I can't imagine just being by yourself in a cell, mm-hmm. not coming out and dealing with those demons by yourself, just having it, like, just pulling it out. I, I don't know. I just see it as brutal and painful. And he, he came out the man he is today. Mm-hmm. So that, I was like, all right. I said, okay, let's make this work. Like, we're going to have God in the middle. We're going to make this work. I told him and said, well, um, you can't sell drugs. You can't live that life. If it gets hard, we're going to figure it out. I'll pay for the phone. You know, um, I'll send you commissary, but you're not going to sell drugs. You know, I told him that's out of the question. I said, the moment that I find out you do, I'm just going to turn off the phone. I'm done. I'm out, yeah. And so um, we kind of did, I guess, give each other those ultimatums. You know, but it was either you make it or break it. Mm-hmm. But it was for the right reasons. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, well, that's how it was. I, you know, for a few years or a couple years or whatever it was, um, he wasn't selling drugs. So that's when he started coming up with ideas to try to make money the right way. He would make those little candy bars and he would start making taffy and he would start, you know, whenever I couldn't, you know, help him. Mm-hmm. He was trying to do haircuts. So he started coming up with all these ways, and then when he would get stressed, um, sometimes he would freak out, you know, and want to turn around, and I'll be like, no. Like, for what? I said, we got, for him, it was either we have phone minutes and talk, or he would go without eating because he wanted to talk to me. And most of the time, sometimes, he would go without eating. I want to talk to you. Mm -hmm. And that was our lifeline. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So he and I, we would just like, um, well, I would just, I mean, I would spend, like, hundreds of dollars just to be on the phone and keep in contact so he would keep his mind straight. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So anytime he would call, I have to run to the phone and answer it and make sure that I get it because he would freak out, like, the moment I don't answer. You know, so we started getting serious, and he started being more committed and started loving God more, mm-hmm. being right. So. so who brought up marriage first? Jonathan. <laughs> Jonathan and so when he brought it up were you open to it were you at that point or were you like no we're not going to get married in prison no um, I wanted to get married because I wanted to do things right and we knew that there was a chance that he could be coming home mm-hmm. and I didn't want him to come home and us be not married uh-huh. not mm-hmm. be married you know and then him having to go live with somebody else because we're living in sin yeah. or whatever right yeah you guys were wanting to do it right yeah, and he had a lot of conviction, too. He was spending a lot of time with God, uh-huh. and we were praying and stuff, you know, about the relationship, about the marriage. Um, and, of course, there we go again. We're fasting about this marriage. Mm-hmm. Good. You know, Good. and um, we're making sure, like, this is something that God wants. Mm-hmm. And, um, too, there was an issue of me, like, well, maybe I can't have kids. Do you still want to be with me? Because I don't know if I could have kids, mm. you know, and... Then his family gets involved, and they try to break us up. Mm. So it's like... So there was that trial. Oh, that was a big trial, too. Is it because uh, they knew you, because they knew the past with the, with the pastor, or because why? It was both, because they knew me and because they, they were close to the pastor's wife. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, so they try to break us up plenty of times. Mm-hmm. You know, they try to have him be with another woman who's worldly. I'm like, why would you want him to be with a worldly woman compared to being with a godly woman? Like, do you know what she's going to do to him? Like, do you <laughs> what he's capable of mm-hmm. and you want him to be with that woman? It's dangerous. Yeah. You know, and he, he, um, he had to think about it, too. After a while, like, he really had to decide, well, I don't know if she can have kids. This is her past. My family doesn't like her. I have an option of another person I could be with. You know what I mean? So then he had to think about it. And I said, okay, what do you want to do? Like, I was already in. Mm-hmm. And now he's, like, questioning our relationship. because. So he was questioning it, too. Yeah, because of his family. Yeah. Because of his family. And um, there were a lot of arguments between he and I because... I'm like, look, I don't have time to be going back and forth. Like, either you stay with your family or you don't. Mm-hmm. I said, but once you get married, like, you need to leave your family behind. Because me, I'm like, I don't have anything to do with my family. I don't need them mm-hmm. to guide me. Like, I got God. Yeah. At this point, I'm like, if you can't trust God with your decision, then just go do what you're going to do. Yeah, because you're going to do it anyways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, no, it took a while, and there was a lot of arguments between his family and I. You know, even even up until the day that he got home, who was going to pick him up, like... Even crazy. though you guys were married? At that point, we were married, and there was still arguments. Like, like our marriage was not valid still. To them? Like, no. And so I'm like, you know what? It's okay. I said, but I need to know that you're in, in this marriage with me and God, and now with nobody else. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? And so um, it was tough, but God got a hold of him. I just pray about it. I'm like, I'll let God deal with you. Because how's your relationship with them now? Um, well, I'm pregnant now, you know, about to give birth soon. So they want a relationship with the baby, mm. you know, so they, they have to be cordial. And I'm trying, but to, you know, a certain degree, I'm just like, I'm still standoffish a little. Yeah, no, I can honestly say I am. I have forgiven, you know, because of the whole like the whole pastor situation. Um, a lot of people became bitter with me, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, it's expected. And then, um, and then to the fact that his mom and I were best friends, like, I don't know what hurt her more was the fact that she and I were best friends and I ended up with her son or the fact that the pastor, you know, the whole relationship was all messed up mm-hmm. between his wife and, and him, you know, so I don't know what hurt her more, maybe both, but she uh, she tried to get me to get my kids taken away from me because of that whole situation. And I was, like, in the middle of Jonathan, and I'm like, they're trying to take my kids away because of your mom. You know? Oh, and my then, goodness. Yeah. Was this after you guys were married? Yeah. Okay. Or, like, th- I think during. Like, we're, he and I were in the process. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm just, like, you know, and she's calling uh, the girl's dad now and telling them the whole beans over there in Dallas. Mm. And I'm like, that's the one person you don't tell. Because that man is bitter and evil, and he's still not saved. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, yeah, so then I guess she finds out about me and Jonathan, and she's still upset about it, so she starts making phone calls to my family on Facebook. Who you really have nothing to do with anyways in the first place. Mm -mm. My family don't even care. Like, (laughs) they really don't. They're like, whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, I'm my own person, so they're just like, oh, whatever. Like, it's not a big deal. She could take care of herself. Yeah. So my family really didn't care, but I guess the point was to try to 
push me down. I don't know. Just stir the pot. Yeah. 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 And so um, well, eventually I got CPS, uh, Child Protective Services, called on me. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to take my kids away. And so I'm just telling Jonathan, like, what am I supposed to do, Jonathan? I said, I'm, I'm trying to make this work with you, and I have your family coming against me. You know, and then, they, and then they're calling the girl's dad, and he's against me, too. Mm-hmm. You know, so they're trying to open cases on me to try to get my kids taken away because uh, supposedly I'm an unfit mother. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you're still alone. I mean, he's still yeah. he's still in jail or prison, whatever you guys call it. Yeah. And you're, you're still alone. I mean, you guys are together, but you're still alone. You're still doing this kind of on your own right now. Yeah. And so, you know, he, I guess he was kind of in denial that his family would do that to me. I said, but I know they are. I said, because I didn't have this case until your family found out about it. And then they called the girl's dad, and then he opened a case. You know what I mean? So they're trying to take the kids, and I'm just like, I'm trusting God. I could, And at this point, I'm still by myself. Like, I couldn't mm-hmm. go to my pastors or the youth pastors, and I was a teacher. So I'm, st- I'm there teaching kids, you know, and looking at these kids and my kids and thinking, like, the only person I could trust is God mm-hmm. and Jonathan. You know, I'm like, that's it. So Jonathan obviously, you know, takes your side and, you guys get married. He comes out. Um, so the situation, you know, we heard w- from him, you know, with with the church not accepting him. Yeah. Um, you had been going there, you said, for how many years? Uh, I think it was like two, three years. Two, three years. You yeah, know, you were teaching, years. so obviously you were involved. Yep. Um, so how did that make you feel? Were you were you crushed? Were you oh yeah shocked? Were you like, what the heck are you talking about? Like, yeah. So, like, I was going through this whole thing, and I... You know, I, I, I really try to make some contact with my pastors just so that they have an idea of who I am. Mm-hmm. I try to reach out to them. Um, so I told them the situation, you know, with my last church, with the last pastor, and I explained to them, like, what had happened. Um, really, they didn't, like, there was nothing they could do, obviously, but they kept me at a distance. And then, um, you know, the, I think they just kind of saw me as trouble. Because she, the pastor's wife, she was like, I knew there was something with you. I just knew it. She's like, when you walked into that door, and I'm like, okay. She said that to you? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I was like one of the youngest ones there. Mm. But um, I guess I stuck out like a sore thumb. I had all these kids. Single, single mom with all these kids. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so um, then later on, right, I tell her, oh, well, the pastor's still contacting me. Like, I don't know what to do. Can you help what? me? Yeah. That dude, that dude is still contacting you? The pastor, yeah. After a couple of years? Yeah. Yeah, and I, I told her. How brazen. And I told her, you know, and I was like, I, I don't know what to do. And Jonathan's like, he told me to go talk to her. So that's what I did. I didn't know who else to talk to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, I guess it, it kind of sounded promising that she was going to help me. But when she took it to her husband, the pastor, the actual pastor, um, I don't know. Something happened and I kind of, she just never talked to me again. Like I didn't have any more contact with her. Um like, I wasn't allowed to talk to her. What? And, yeah. Like, in so other just words. just kind of cut you off. Yeah. So when you would see her at church, you weren't able to go talk to her? They were just like, done back. Yeah. Because before she would hug me and stuff, and then she'd just stop coming around, stop hugging me. Was this a big church? Um, it was a bigger church, but, yeah, it was bigger than ours, for sure. But um, then, okay, I just left that alone. And then later on, like, when I would try to get a hold of her, I couldn't go directly to her anymore. So the only person I could talk to was a youth pastor. And I'm like, hey, well. So um, this is because you can't talk to the pastor or what? Yeah, I can't talk to them. Like, I couldn't get a hold of them. Like, 
I couldn't have her number because I had asked, like, I had asked the youth pastor, hey, can the youth pastor, I had asked, hey, can you give me, you know, uh, the pastor's wife's number? And they're like, oh, well, uh, just let me know, and, and I'll talk to her for you. That's the kind of relationship I started having. I'm like, great. I'm like, I knew it. Like, I, I was so scared to tell her, and this is what happened. Mm. You know what I mean? And so. Um, and after you've been faithful for two years. Yeah. Sorry, I'm away from it. After you've been faithful for two years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was like, well, it's okay. I'm not here for them. I'm here for God. Because I. Okay, so then before, before the situation with Jonathan, then you already felt kind of betrayed from the church. Before. Because of this. Yeah. So yeah. then, okay, so then you're feeling, you're going through all this after you revealed to them about the situation. Mm-hmm. So then when you bring up Jonathan, which is the next thing, yep. then did that just kind of solidify, oh, okay, well, I'm done with you guys. It did. It did because um, Jonathan has been, he and I were already talking, I don't know, maybe three years already. Mm-hmm. So in the process, the only person I could talk to is Brother Jim, you know, the youth pastor. Hey, Brother Jim. You know, I have a husband, or I'm going to get married, you know, with so-and-so. They didn't take me serious. Okay, I'm just letting y'all know because I'm a youth teacher. I want y'all to be informed, of course, of what's going on with me. Mm-hmm. You know, so I never explained that to the pastors because I couldn't get a hold of them. So I told Brother Jim. Um, and then later on, uh, then it's like, okay, I posted on Facebook because y'all didn't want to make it the same. Mm-hmm. Tell everybody we're married. Put it on Facebook. <laughs> So, like, we're married, okay? And then they see it on Facebook. And then Brother Jim pulls me to the side. Are you married? Yes. Remember I told you, like, I have a husband. He's a godly man. I tell you about him every now and then. Um, He's all, well, you didn't mention it. I said, I actually have told you. I said, and now we're married. Well, I don't know about that, Sister Naomi. I need to go and talk to pastor. And I said, I mean, it's already done. He's my husband. Yeah. You know? So then they pull me into the office. And then you get to have an audience with the pastor. Yeah. And he's like, why didn't you talk to me before? And I was like, I couldn't get a hold of y'all. Like, I had asked for, you know, so-and-so's number, and I was told I couldn't have the number. Um, you know, after the whole pastor incident, I tried to tell y'all about it. It's like, oh, sister, well, he's in prison, you know, and you could have made better decisions. And just, like, they're kind of bashing on Jonathan. And I said, no, he's a godly man. You know, I, I was defending my husband. And um, I said, it's okay. I said, but um, I said, he's fixing to come home. And so he kind of didn't like that idea. And he said, okay, well, I guess he had to pray about it. So when it got closer, um, I told Pastor Jim, hey, well, my husband's going to be coming home soon. You know, I'm going to be stepping down so I could spend time with my husband in the church. And he's like, oh, sister, well, I need to talk to Pastor about that. And I said, no, well, um, I'm going to be stepping down, you know, and so sure enough, a little after that, um, I guess the pastor had passed away. Mm-hmm. So he had already made decisions about my husband before he passed away. And then um, Pastor Jim had to go to the wife and they had to talk about it. And so then she wants to sit down and talk to me. And I'm like, oh, okay. You know, and this is already towards the end. And I said, yeah, my husband's fixing to come home. And she, I told her, I'm fixing to. I told her, well, I, w- I was trying to step down. She says, oh, well, no, Pastor Jim said that you um, wanted to continue to be a teacher. And it was like a whole other, like, story. Yeah, and I'm like, 
No, that's not what I told Pastor Jim. I told Pastor Jim, you know, my husband's coming home and I'm stepping down. Like, because um, they were talking about pulling me out already anyway. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I said, no, I, I really don't plan to stay. Like, I'm stepping down so I could be with my husband. She was like, oh, well, we're, you know, we really kind of don't want your husband around the children. He's not allowed to go over there. He can't step over there because they had guards over there with the kids. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I don't even want to cause trouble with Jonathan and those security guards or nothing. Right, yeah, yeah. And I told her, well, this is the time where I was already, you know, in with you guys in the church. I was testing it out, Jonathan. He came home, and uh, we got invited, so we went there, and I was in between the two churches trying to figure everything out, and then we prayed about it, and um, when I had sat down with her, I told her, I said, well, this is actually my last day. I told her, um, like, we're n- I'm not going to be coming back, and the, her husband had just passed. I told her, I don't want you to think that I'm leaving because your husband passed. I said, I'm leaving because of the decisions that were made about my husband. I said, and I'm not comfortable with him being here. I said, I don't want to make trouble for him. I said, mm-hmm. so we're going to have to leave. I told her, I'm not stepping down, I'm leaving. And I told her, I'm sorry, I just don't want you to get offended. And um, she's like, no, no, it's okay. I understand. You know, and I don't know, she had a lot of stuff going on too, so I didn't want to make it worse. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I had come over here and I had told Naomi, like, well, I need to see what we're going to do about this other church and obviously we made the decision together mm-hmm. and we just stayed here so so it didn't sound like she really tried to talk you out of it she was more like oh kind of relieved maybe or what i don't know i mean she already had a lot going on trying to figure out what's going to happen with her congregation because uh, the pastor just passed away was she preaching yeah okay so she took over she took over so oh, okay too um but because of what his word was at last before he passed away it was do not let Jonathan, like, Jonathan wasn't allowed to be back there, mm-hmm. you know. And I didn't know any of that up until it, it was like, out. yeah, until it started getting closer and stuff started getting real. And I was like, oh, okay, you know, so I've had, it, you know, some bad experiences with a couple of churches. Mm-hmm. So it just. <laughs> <laughs> to so, say the least, Naomi, to so, say the least. <laughs> Jesus. So I got a couple questions uh, pertaining to that, but before I get there, um. So did you have any, uh, like, friendships, personal uh, relationships outside of the church setting in this church? Because it kind of sounds like like they didn't really know you too well. They didn't. So was it just one of those churches where you just show up on church day and then you don't really talk to anybody nope. after that? Nope. I was one of the youngest ones there. Um, and I had all these kids, but obviously... I, I feel like because they knew about my situation with the pastor, I was like, I was a I red guess. flag. Yeah, I was a red flag. Mm-hmm. So when they would have outings for kids or whatever, or like birthday parties, they would talk about it in front of me and I wouldn't get invited. Yes, yes. Serious. Oh, wow. And I'm just like, okay. You know, and they would talk about their plans. Oh, you know, and I'm just like, okay. So I was never a part of the congregation. I would show up. I was faithful. Um, I was there every Sunday, every Wednesday. You know what I mean? I was there every Sunday night. So you felt uh, not welcomed? No. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I, I felt like I was not welcomed mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. But they I just ha- put up with you. Yeah. You know, and they needed people for the church, in the, well, in the nursery. Not mm-hmm. the nursery, the children's church, the youth church, because they had a lot of kids at that time. Mm-hmm. But I said, you know what? I'm serving God. Right now, I'm not in this for any relationship with anybody. You know, I'm in this relationship for God um, and 
I did learn a lot. Like, don't get me wrong. It did serve its purpose for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I was able to pick myself back up. Um, spiritually, I learned about tongues, speaking in tongues. I learned about praying the right way. Mm-hmm. I learned so much, you know. And um, I'm grateful because I had no distractions other than Jonathan. I had no distractions. It was just me and God. Mm-hmm. Because Jonathan wasn't here physically, I could focus one-on-one with God. Right, I was yeah. praying, like, a lot. I was praying so much. You know, that was one of the impactful times of my life with God that I didn't even know existed. Like, I didn't know I could feel a love from God like that. Mm. That's good. So then, yeah. okay, so then when uh, you started experiencing our church, um, like you said, you had bad experiences with your last two churches. So did you come into it skeptical? I know know that when you, uh, because from Jonathan, that you were nervous about, again, telling Pastor Naomi about the situation. And when they were like, oh, okay. that Kind of like Jonathan's reaction, like did that kind of throw you off a little bit? Like, oh, these people aren't going to judge me? Yeah, I I was shook. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, oh, y'all real. (laughs) (laughs) So did you notice that there was a difference? Yes. Immediately. Yeah. Immediately. Um, But I was nervous. I mean, obviously because my last church that I was in, like, they kind of shunned me, mm-hmm. you know, so I was like, man, I said, I don't know how these people are. I was like, we'll see. I was like, Jonathan, because in the world, we, you're like branded with this type of stuff, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. people, that's kind of how, that's your rep or whatever. And so I was like, man, Jonathan, I don't know, this might follow me for the rest of my life, so you need to be sure that you really want to marry me because, I don't know, people be looking at you funny because mm-hmm. I'm this kind of, mm-hmm. you know, I'm this kind of woman or whatever. Um, but no, so when I spoke to Jonathan and I was like, I need to talk to her and let her know what really happened. I yeah, said, you just want to get it out in the open. You don't want to do this yeah. two years faithful and then you tell them and then they're like, get out or they're, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, I don't want to waste time. I said, we've already been through too much. Let me talk to her. And if not, we know what we got to do. Mm-hmm. Cause at this point he, he really liked it, you know, and I did too. But I was, you know, some people just can't accept this kind of information. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't know how to handle it. And yeah. they just, like, grow it out of proportion and just all this craziness. So um, I said, all right. So we just dove right in. Okay, well, Pastor Naomi, you know, I, I really need to tell you something. And it's really sensitive. So I would like a one-on-one with you. And, and we talked about it. Mm-hmm. And she didn't seem phased. And I was like, so, you know, can I stay? <laughs> <laughs> Um, and that's how I felt. Like, if I can't stay, let me know. So let me start know praying. Yeah. And I'll go somewhere else. You know, and um, Jonathan was on board. But um, no, sure enough, like, it was not a big deal. And I, I was shook. I said, well, I was like, hey, well, if it wasn't a big deal for me, imagine, go tell him your testimony. I think you'll be all right. Like, <laughs> you know? Yeah, like, yeah. oh, I think we're good then, because mine is pretty bad, and yours is worse. So <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I think we'll be all right here. Yeah. Yeah, but come to find out, you know, just the testimonies um, that come about that I hear, I'm like, oh, these are real testimonies, and they're not ashamed of them. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, they bring them out into the open. I was like, oh, they use them for other people. I said, like, I don't have to be, like, I don't have to be scared mm-hmm. or ashamed or, you know what I mean? Like, I can talk to these people and be all right with it and move on, move forward. Yeah, because God's brought you out of that now. Yeah. It's in the past. Yes, and that, and... 
to me, that shed so much light and it gave me so much peace. And even Jonathan, too, because I'm like, if you can't accept my husband, you can't accept me. If you can't accept me, you don't accept my husband. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So right there, we're like, oh, okay. Well, I told him, I was like, no, if I'm good, then you're good. You know what I mean? And then sure mm -hmm. enough, he just, he came off a monitor and jumped right in to it with Daniel. <laughs> so does that, uh, that knowing... <clears throat> knowing people's uh, testimonies and, like you said, putting it out there and stuff, did that give you the confidence to be able to do this today mm. and kind of put this in this platform on camera? Yes, yes, because I can honestly say um, when I go to that side of town, like, we still pass by that church. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And you just know that when someone looks at you, you know how, what they're thinking. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. it doesn't take a lot. And I'm just like... I'm going to leave in the Lord's hands. You know what I mean? But I get scared to be on that side of town. But just being in this church, I've had so much peace. Like I've, I don't know, it's just like a, a new beginning mm -hmm. and a lot of new experiences for he and I both. Mm -hmm. You know, just because for one, he came home. Two, we're experiencing God's love in a church. You know what I mean? And they're accepting of both of us, knowing our backgrounds. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not getting judged and we're able to share that you know and to encourage other people and ultimately that's the goal and i'm just like yeah. i say why aren't other churches like that mm -hmm. <laughs> you know but i'm thankful that even though um everything turned out the way it did i we got to meet y'all mm -hmm. you know so is I mean? that different for you too coming to a church where there are relationships outside of church that you know like it's all friends and hanging out and it's beyond just sunday morning no it is different um, and y'all are like loving and hugging and stuff. And that's still new for me. You know, like everything that I've been through, I, I'm not a close person. So mm -hmm. I've always mm -hmm. just been like an introvert kind of, and just like, he, he does all the talking and I'm just like observing everything and nah, I don't want to hug you. You know what I mean? So it, to hug someone for me, it takes a lot mm -hmm. because in my family, we don't hug, mm -hmm. you know, um, like I don't, you won't see my family around a lot. So we won't hug or we won't kiss each other on the cheek or there's no emotion. It's just so cold. Mm -hmm. So that's something that he's showing me and he only has that because of God. But because he's learning that too from the men. Mm -hmm. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? So he's learning from the men here. So that's something that, you know, I'm happy about. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, I do have a couple questions um, <clears throat> just for stuff that we had talked about. Uh, first off, so in the church, uh, early on, I can't remember exactly when, but um, how you had talked about uh, telling Jonathan that there might be a possibility that you can't get pregnant. Um, I think it was Pastor, was it Pastor Richie, or who was it that prayed? Valerio. Was it Valerio? It was, yeah. it was one yeah, of your Pastor first Richie. services, right? Yeah. So, he, so, you know, Pastor Richie is, is known for being the baby pastor. And oh, really? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. for real? Yeah. 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 Oh, that so, makes sense. Yeah. Okay, so, uh, that makes sense. So you had went up for for prayer right and then here you are pregnant so just yeah. talk about that moment i mean that's obviously you know whatever was going on before that you thought you couldn't get pregnant to now you're pregnant you know what i mean like that was a uh, god moved right oh that's exciting yes so obviously i was still dealing with a lot of unforgiveness mm -hmm. but mainly was with his mom i was so like i hated Angry. her yeah yeah i'm like you try to get my kids taken away and i was like no lord i forgive her He's about you can't conceive. So have you really forgiven? You know what I mean? Like, yes, I have forgiven her. 
But I was going to the doctors, and I had these, like, fibroids and stuff, and I was hurting, and, like, oh, my God. And I was just, like, I don't know if I could have kids, but Jonathan was really, he was willing to take that risk with me. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so then Pastor Valerio goes up, and, you know, he's speaking the word, and I'm just looking at him, like, all right, Lord. like I Because I he gave you a word, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. and, well, yeah, and I was, uh. I don't know. I was just like, all right. You know, I was talking to God. I said, all right, Lord, I'll just do it today. You know, as much as I don't want to, because it's a choice to forgive somebody. You don't have to. But I, I was like, no, I choose to. Like, I'm, I'm tired of this. You know what I mean? And um, I knew that when something grows, so you're holding on to something. And, of course, and I said, I know what I'm holding on to. So I did. And I, I, for, I chose to for everything that she did to me. Um, and then I kid you not, like maybe a month after I got pregnant (laughs) and I didn't believe I was pregnant. I was in total denial. Like I took four pregnancy tests and I'm like, there's something wrong with me. Jonathan's like, you're pregnant. I'm like, no, I'm not. There's something really wrong with me. I can't be pregnant. So I didn't even believe the pregnancy test. Um, I, I was just in denial and up until I went and got a sonogram and I'm like, I don't know if this is real. <laughs> you know, I just you sound like Sal. I don't believe you. I don't yeah. believe you, doctor. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally did not. But no, yeah, we're going to have a boy. Um, yeah, it's exciting. And for him, too, like, it happened a lot quicker than we thought. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, well, because first we didn't even think we could have kids. So we didn't think we had to be safe. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so We didn't have that faith. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, no, nah, we're good. But, um, yeah, no, so we ended up pregnant a lot quicker than we thought. And I'm like, no, it's the time. God said the time is now, so we're pregnant. You know, so whether Jonathan likes it or not, he's going to be a dad. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's awesome. Okay, so one thing I want to kind of go back to, uh, we kind of uh, passed over it a little bit, but uh, the death of your mom. So uh, how, did you, how did you take that, being that, uh, you know, your relationship wasn't that great? I mean, were, did it affect you pretty hard or? No. No? Mm-mm. So she, uh, she and I, we were never close. Like, I ended up in jail one time because of her, because we ended up fighting. So that's how our relationship was. Mm-hmm. We would just fight, and I ended up in the magistrate. And then they took me out, and I was pregnant with Mari. I totally skipped over that. <laughs> <laughs> so that was recent. I thought this was, you know, before Sal as a teenager. Okay. Well, I was pregnant with Mari, and I was like, I can't be here. I have a baby. My belly. Anyway, but... um. My mom and I, we were not close at all, like, ever. But um, when she, when we found out she had cancer in 2016, that's when we kind of mended our, I guess you can say we mended our relationship, you know. As much as you could. Yeah. And she depended on me a lot. She depended on me a lot. She was, uh, and I would take her to her chemo appointments. You know, I almost lost my job. We were trying to plan how I'm going to get my little sister. Um, at this point, she was already, like, she knows she's going to die. So she's like, I want you to take Alexan. She's like, um, I don't want her to stay with her dad. She already opened her eyes to the fact that he was molesting her and me. Mm-hmm. So there was no denying it. So she wanted my sister to be with me 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, and I told her, it's fine. I'll take her. I don't mind. Like, she's my little sister. She's grown up with my son. You know, she was already practically my kid. They were close, yeah. They are so, close, Yeah, yeah. And so, um, yeah, she just, I don't know, she, uh, she had cancer in her stomach. 
she had to make a decision of whether she was going to have another surgery. She, like, the whole treatment, it was only one year. Oh, wow, so it went fast. Yeah, it was fast. But during that year, she had to decide, like, because she was going to have to have a bunch of surgeries. And then they were just going to send her home after surgeries, just like that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so um, she had to decide, like, well, do I want to live six months or do I want to live two weeks? And I just had that talk with my mom and my stepdad and be like, well, I told her, I said, Mom, I'll be real with you. Like, if you have surgery, you're going to go home and they're just going to give you morphine tablets. You're going to be in pain. I said, you're going to have two major surgeries and they're just going to send you home because you're dying. I said, you're going to be the one in pain, not him. And he's like, no, no, no. Uh, let her do it. She needs six more months. I said, but you're not going to be the one suffering. Like, she's going to have to be on tubes. You know what I mean? There's going to be no nurse there. You can't just push a morphine button. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm there having this conversation with them. And so um, she makes a decision, just give me my two weeks. And I said, okay. And so at that point, um, well, really, I took care of everything. Mm-hmm. Like, everything. Like, my stepfather just, I don't know, he just broke down. And uh, during those two weeks, I'm telling my mom, uh, well, I think I'm going to get a divorce. She's like, what? You know, she's dying, and we're having this serious talk. I'm going to get a divorce. I said, yeah, Mom, I can't do it anymore. I said, but don't worry. I'm going to take care of Alexander. You know, but I was the only one that, at that point, I was handling everything for her. Your other siblings weren't helping out? No. No? Mm-mm. It was just me. So I was going through this drama with the whole pastor thing, I think. And trying to get my sister and, and then your mom. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So and I almost lost my job because I was spending so much time trying to help my mom with her mm-hmm. chemo. But um no, yeah, she uh she only made it two weeks after that. So I took care of everything. And I had to call him and come pick her up and Were you with her? No, so that's the funny thing. I was waiting for her to pass away because she went home. And um like I was up all night waiting for her to pass. Mm-hmm. I guess she didn't want anybody there because as soon as I went to the living room and I laid down to take a nap, she passed. Mm. So, like, she didn't want nobody there or none of her kids anyway. So I didn't get to see her pass. So it was just a body. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I, you had to, I had to watch the, her deterior mm. for two weeks. Did you witness to her? Because yes. you were in church, right? So did you witness to her? I did, and did I you? know she was saved. Honestly, I think she was already seen heaven. Really? Yeah. No, really. Yeah. And um, so it, it gave me so much peace because I know that she died saved. Yeah. She was talking about, I'm going to walk on. Like, it was weird because she's dying, but she has she had that spirit, like, I'm going to go walk on streets of gold. I said, she yeah. was at peace. Yes. Yeah. Yes, she was. And so that gave me peace. Mm-hmm. You know, my little sister was, I don't know, maybe 12. But I said, it's okay, Alexandra. Like, she's going to go to a better place. And... um. We ended up singing praise and worship songs to her, try to comfort her, you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, I know that for sure in the end, my mom was, she was saved. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's good. So then, you know, your your full life of bad relationship with your mom ended on a good note because you believe she was saved. Yeah. She died and you're at peace with it. Yeah. No, that's good. No, it, it was a... It was a blessing. <coughs> you know, I don't think I mourned her maybe till like a year later. Mm-hmm. Like, I cried. Like, actually cried for her. Mm-hmm. 
Um, Do you think it was also just because of all the drama that was still going on at that time? Yeah, I, c- I couldn't mourn her. Yeah. Yeah, I could not. Not at that time. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. No. But, um, no, we, we made amends in the end. You know, we came to agreements and stuff. Mm-hmm. We set our dean aside. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was strange because out of she and I and all her kids, like, I was the one that that took care of everything, and she was like, I want you to do this. Do All right, all right, like, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. You know, what else do you need? You know, and just handled it. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't have time to cry. I didn't have time to stop. Be like, oh, you know, just mope around. Like, no, nah, I have to take care of this. I got to take care of the kids. I got to make sure she's cremated. I got to get the death certificate. I got to get the divorce papers ready. <laughs> like, it was crazy. Oh, my goodness. Okay, yeah. well, it's good to hear that that ended on a good note. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> okay, so as we close it up, um, do you have any last words, any words of wisdom to any young girls out there that are in a position of trying to find love in all the wrong places or, <laughs> you know, trying to, feeling lost, feeling hopeless? Um, I would just say look to God, you know, and seek God for that love because man can't, give you that if he doesn't know God mm-hmm. you know what I mean I, I learned that the hard way like if he doesn't know God he's not going to show you anything from God mm-hmm. you know what I mean it's just going to be worldly love because um, I put so much effort into trying to make it happen and it's like you just waste so much time mm-hmm. it's like if you would if I would have just trusted God in the beginning I could have saved myself so much mm-hmm. pain and stuff mm-hmm. you know they always say put God first and it's true like God has to be the center of your life and everything else falls into place. Like he knows the desires of your heart. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. he'll make it happen for you if you're just patient. And another thing, patience and obedience. Mm-hmm. That's hard, but if you do it, it works. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very good. Well, thank you for sharing your testimony. Yes, um, thank you. Very powerful. I think you know it'll touch a lot of women in the same position or in the same relationships that you were in and stuff. Um, just lastly, I kind of want to say, you know, uh, kind of like what I said with Jonathan, you know, it's kind of exciting seeing uh, the progress and how quickly you guys have been progressing coming into the church. I mean, it's only been seven months, but you can see God has been moving um, at an exponential rate because you guys are serious. Uh, one of the first things uh, I noticed uh, when Jonathan had, uh, mentioned the first time we met you, met Jonathan, you know, we came to the house when he was on house arrest and, you know, had pizza or whatever. And so this was very first time, right, very early on. And I remember you guys having the conversation at the table and you were talking about the job that you uh, had at that time that you were thinking of quitting for whatever reasons, I don't remember. But uh, you had mentioned that you were fasting about it or you were going to fast about it. So hearing you say that kind of like kind of blew my mind. Cause like, oh, okay, these people are kind of serious. You know what I mean? Because even people who've been in the church for years don't fast. <laughs> you know what I mean? So hearing yeah. you say that, yes. I was like, oh, wow. Like, these people are legit. You know what I mean? And so your faithfulness, you know, I noticed that early on that first time. You know what I mean? And so seeing your guys' faithfulness and seeing how serious you guys are uh, and committed you guys are, you know, it's kind of exciting because you guys, you know, most of the time we see people coming to the church, it's a really long work in progress. You know what I mean? And so to see you guys kind of jump into it, uh, you know, kind of ahead of the game, you know, feet first, and, you know, it's kind of cool to see see that, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so, you know, we're excited to see what 
God's going to do with you in your guys' lives with, like I said, the cuts for change with, you know, marriage, gets family. Out, family, you know, the girls, you know, that whole situation we didn't even touch on, but you know, I think, you know, God's going to move in yeah. that situation. You know yes, I mean? absolutely. So, uh, so anyways, uh, thank you for, for joining us. Um, thank you. Thank, thank you guys. Thank you guys for watching. Uh, join us next time. Thanks. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us. We want to give a shout out to the Choosing Hope Foundation. Go to the website. That uh, go to the website choosinghopefoundation.org. See what they're doing over there, man. Wrapped around prison ministries, just doing big things out there. Check it out if you want to donate, or if you just want to see, or if you just want to just check it out and see what can happen. Hey, just see it. See what can happen. Check out LifeSpeaksPodcast.com and be up on the info about our podcast. And thank you so much for watching. If you want to donate, you have an option on there. Next, the Potter's House, GRA.com with uh, our church, Universal uh, Church in Universal City, Greater Randolph Area, 2025 Universal City Boulevard. Come and check us out. See how God's moving. Let's check out the website. Once again, it's thepottershousegra.com. And, man, just see how God is just moving over there. And it is awesome. Like, subscribe to our podcast, ring the bell so you get all the notifications. And thank you so much for joining us.